All sports, all the time. There's heroes and there's legends. Heroes get remembered. Legends never die. This is the Spoken Podcast. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. I'm your host, Lance Woodwell. Man, that kid, he can ball, man. He can ball. Touchdown, Kansas City! Man with freaking Mahomes, baby! Uh, let's talk some sports, because that's what we're here to do. You are tuned in to the Spoken Spoken. This is the Spoken Podcast. I'm your host, Lance Twidwell, here inside the Casey Beardco Studios with my guy, Eddie Ortiz. Joe, Joe, Joe. No Trevor Twidwell tonight. He's actually out, guys. He's uh, he's, he's in no, no flu game for Trevor tonight, unfortunately. <laughs> That's what separates Michael Jordan from a lot of them. You know what I mean? He can play through it. Unfortunately, Trevor can't do it. Um, so best wishes to my brother, Trevor. Hopefully you get feeling better, man, and get back in here for episode 37. But in the meantime... We got episode 36 here with a very, very special guest, a guy I respect greatly, uh, has worked his absolute ass off um, just in jogging alone. No, no, seriously, in in the fact that he got here in Kansas City, and I want I want him to definitely expand on that uh, tonight, on how he got here to Kansas City in, in the sports radio world. Let's give it up for our guy, 610's The Drive producer, Brandon B.K. Kiley. Let's give it up for That's what I'm talking about. What a welcome. What a welcome. This Do you feel this welcome at 610? I don't think so, man. This is the place you belong. Yeah, I'm just no, saying. This is great. This is great. I can't I, pay I you a salary, but, you know. Yeah, they don't pay me much either, but we'll, <laughs> we'll make it work. Yeah. I mean, we, got, we got Topper's Pizza and beer, bro. I mean, I, I kind of feel like that's enough incentive to yeah, you keep told you around. me there was going to be Boulevard over here, and I was like, oh, yeah, I guess I can make that work. We'll, we'll figure out a way to make this work tonight. Well, we're really glad you're here tonight, man. Um, it, it means a lot. I know we, you and I have been talking for at least a month, you know, trying to get you in here, but you're a busy guy. I totally get it. But we found a way to snag you tonight, man. I appreciate you taking the time. I know you got the dog to take care of, but, you know, <laughs> and I'm sure you had to tell the girlfriend, hey, listen, I'm hanging out with some strange guys. I'm going to go to an apartment complex. I don't know what this is all about. We'll hey, figure man, it this out. got me out of uh, driving to St. Louis for the third straight week. You, so this is you are welcome. This is great. I got I got Boulevard in my right hand. I'm not on the road for four hours. I'm good to go. Yeah, because I've got a Boulevard in your right hand while driving just doesn't exactly compute for it's me, man. I mean, you can do it. It's, it's like super bad, you know, like road beers, you know. <laughs> but we're here to actually talk sports, not just about dogs, beer, and jogging and twisting your ankle like head out like BK, like BK, <laughs> uh, bk was the last time you twisted your ankle jogging dude because you, you told that story on air dude that was yeah. absolutely fucking hilarious yeah dude. it's not it's not good um <laughs> so I, i'm a runner an avid runner and i uh i run all around kansas city My, i live downtown so i typically like basically go to pnl over to um the plaza area that's kind of my domain really so I'm running over in downtown it's off of like 20th Street and I guess it would have been uh, Broadway-ish, roughly. So I'm going like right by Union Station, getting ready to go towards downtown, right on one of the main streets over here. And so I'm crossing a street and on my left-hand side, there's this beautiful restaurant. It's the Rieger. And outside they've got this patio, right, where you've got all these people that are outside. This is over the summer, so... People are out. It's like happy hour on a Saturday evening, probably six o'clock or so, just drinking, living, being merry. And I'm just doing my jogging right next to him, getting ready to, because there's people on a patio, I'm like, you know, I'm going to go ahead and like kind of go towards the street. I'm going to get off of the sidewalk and get into the street because there's no cars coming. I'm looking both ways, doing what your parents told you to do, right? So I'm getting ready to do this. I'm like, I'm, I'm going to step down and it's going to be fine. I've made this this run a million different times. I've never had any issues with it. Well, what I didn't realize is that 
the curb had it started when I looked to my right. And so now I'm not looking down, but the curb's about to start. And I don't realize that there's a curb that I'm about to just drop my foot right over. So my right ankle just collapses. I fall onto the ground, hands and knees, right in front of all these people that are drinking outside of the rig. I'm like, oh my God, I think I'm going to die. I can't do this. So I literally crawl. There's this like parking lot right next door that's, kind of enclosed by the building and so they can't see me if I crawl over into this area and like lay down for a minute and try to figure out if I can make this work so I'm about a mile and a half away from my house I crawl over I'm like on the verge of tears because my ankle hurts so bad I'm like all right and your pride and and my pride because all of these people have just seen mostly the pride pride. like I can do this like I I'm, I'm a mile away from my house I can just I can I can jog back this is going to be fine Stand up, take one step with my left foot. I'm fine. Left foot's good. Take a step with my right foot and collapse again. Oh, I'm like, I can't do it. It's over. I call my mom. I'm like, I need you to come pick me up. I can't make it home. This is embarrassing. She's like, what happened? Don't ask questions. Just come pick me up. I'm right by the Rieger. Please come get me. She's like, what have you done? Why are you calling me to come pick you up? I'm like, just take me home. So I ended up getting home. This was, by the way, the exact same week that I was doing jury duty on a murder of trial. Course. Oh, this is great. So the next day I go into jury duty, I had been selected that day. I'm getting ready to go in the next day. And they're like, why are you on crutches? I was like, listen, <laughs> I'm trying to get out of this. <laughs> on the plus side, there was a mistrial declared the next day yeah. because there was like a fight outside of the outside of the trial. Jesus. Neither here nor there. That is my, my <laughs> long-winded story of the time. The life of BK. I my ankle the and life. collapsed in front of an entire group of people. That it was, was embarrassing as hell. I guess, oh, I, I, I mean, if BK would have came in the show on in the summertime we could have gave him the l right you know what i mean like that would have been the l of the week oh my god my goodness thank you for sharing that story because i remember you saying that story live on air but i don't think you know maybe some of the people that listen to our show hadn't heard that story yet so thank you for sharing with that one but uh we're gonna get to some chiefs talk guys because i mean there's so much we can talk about and i and i've talked we've had ken swanson on the show last week and i looked across the table and i told ken i felt like i've aged six years in just this one season it's been insane dude from the tyree kill stuff yeah. to whether they're paying chris jones you know what patrick mahomes ankle in the first eight minutes of the game i mean just eight minutes of the season i mean and tyreek's injury and just yada 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 same sammy watkins bullshit uh the losses that have accumulated at home the potential of the chiefs losing four straight games at home like it's just it's it's been so taxing, and the Chiefs are five and three, and we can be looking at a team that can still make the Super Bowl as crazy as it sounds. Here's the thing, though, with me, though, man, is that especially for last week's game, there's a certain level of frustration that I I've had a really hard time like expressing with losses like that. And I, I've listened to your guys' show pretty much every day to kind of get a grasp of what you guys are saying, and and I hope you can understand my 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 rant here for a second. And, it, and it's and I started with a question. I mean. I'm sure you guys have known somebody that uh, has gone through relationship after relationship and they all seem to fail. Um, Regardless of how long they last, they all end up the exact same way. I mean, sure, they're family and friends. They'll come to their defense and they'll make them feel better. They'll defend them to people, defend their honor. But even them deep down know that there's the same problem with this same person. It's almost as if they're the problem. And I heard all week, all week long, and I'm talking Twitter, Facebook, personal, you know, messages, tw- texts, you know, that the Chiefs are playing with house money this week against the Packers. 
You know, they, they got nothing to lose except a game. You know, they, they, they're not expected to win this game. They're not, you know, no one's, no one's picking them. Uh, you know, they're, they're hobbled. This, all the excuses were out there. And that's, to me, what makes Andy Reid's late-game decision-making that much more frustrating for me. Because in a game where you're not expected to win and you have an opportunity to get the win, you should go for the win. And I understand, you know, there's people out there that are saying, well, you know, he, the defense was playing well. He wanted to give them the opportunity. Do you realize how dumb that sounds for a multitude of reasons? Because of the fact that the defense wasn't even supposed to be playing that well to begin with. And they weren't playing well. And they weren't playing. <laughs> and, 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 in, context, in context, compared to what they have in the past sure. of the previous you know games, they have been playing decent, I should say. And this, like, again, we're, we're, we're putting this in, in a vacuum of no one was expecting it. So when we look at that, we're like, wow, the defense hasn't played terrible tonight. You know, they're not giving up 180 rushing yards. That's for starters. No, and that's what through the air and, stuff. <laughs> and, and, and that's what makes it, it so frustrating is that that loss to me, I was expecting. I picked the Packers to win 31 17, they ended up winning 31 24. But yet I'm sitting here a, almost a week later and I'm still pissed about it because they didn't lose for those reasons, in my opinion. I felt like they lost because of coaching. This is what drives me absolutely crazy about Andy Reid because of the fact that. In games you're not supposed to win, and then he gives you the opportunity, it's almost like he pulls it out from under you, and then you're sitting here trying to find ways to defend him because you know he's the coach that helped you stay relevant and keep you guys out of the dark abyss that 2012 was. The player, the Chiefs players gave everything they could have given. You couldn't have asked more from Matt Moore. I mean, let's be real here. I don't think anybody in their right mind, except my brother Trevor, I'll give him credit. He did pick that stat line almost identically. No one was expecting Matt Moore to play that well, in my opinion. Um you couldn't have asked that. You couldn't have asked better from him. You couldn't have asked more from your hobbled defense. Andy Reid absolutely screwed the team over with his late game blunders. And here's the thing: I wanted personally, as a, as, as a fan of the Chiefs and a fan of Andy Reid, I wanted to defend him because I believe he could be the guy. But seven seasons in, he still can't get out of his, out of his own head in his own way in late game decision making. And if your defense is Andy Reid, he's incredible play calling, his scheming's amazing, all those other things, that's fine if he was an def- offensive coordinator. If we're sitting here talking about Eric Bieniemy and going, well, I mean, his, his schemes are amazing, man. His, his, his play calling is nice. I can, I can give you that because that's the general p- portion of his job. Andy Reid is a head coach, which means everything should go through him. The problem with Andy Reid, though, is if we've seen when the defense is on the field, Andy Reid's not looking at the field. And I can give him that if Patrick Mahomes continues to excel and the offense continues to win us games. But here we are punting the ball away and taking the ball out of the hands of the offense. That's the problem I'm having. And spare me with your moral victory bullshit. The Chiefs could have absolutely won that game. Again, it comes down to Andy Reid on the 40-yard line in no man's land, trailing with 5-13 remaining. You're punting the ball away. We have my guy Clay Windler, a good friend of mine from Red Tribe Cinema. He was attempting to give me the bright side of things, saying any other coach, the Chiefs lose by 21. As if the margin of wins and losses are categorized in the wins and losses category. I mean, Andy Reid has 200 career victories. That's good for sixth all time. It's amazing. But which would you rather have, BK? 200 victories or one Super Bowl ring? Because if we're in here for winning Super Bowls, not regular season victories and moral victories... I have a feeling we have a bit of a problem right now because Andy Reid's looking at 20 seasons with no victories in the Super Bowl. Great coaches win meaningful games and games they shouldn't win. We're so hung up on this win to- on this win totals, ignoring the fact that we've seen these types of losses over and over again in his Kansas City tenure, not to even mention the Philly tenure. Why can't we as a fan base acknowledge that glaringly obvious fact? 
Lance, he has 200 wins. This is what scares the living shit out of me when it comes to a, a large portion of our fan base. I don't want to say all of them. I don't want to be Eric Winston here. We accept my, mediocrity so easily. I thought Patrick Mahomes, the fact that he would be here and show us his abilities and what he can do on a field would change some of that. I thought it would bring change to the mentality. I thought it would bring change and reset the standards of what we demand as a fan base. Instead, we're sitting here counting Andy Reid's regular season wins while ignoring his inconsistent or his consistently mind-boggling late-game decisions that have cost this team games throughout the years. But hey, at least he addresses it by saying, we got to do better, I got to do better at every presser at the end of those blood-boiling losses. And you're all getting mad. I got destroyed on Twitter. I absolutely got destroyed, BK. Um, you're, you know, you know, people are getting mad at me for stating the truth, but that's your choice. Doesn't change the fact that it's the truth. The fact is, Patrick Mahomes is going to have to overcome a lot of Andy Reid's inabilities to properly manage a game as a head coach, as a, as a head coach should be able to. Clark Hunt has never been in any way a vocal owner. He himself said uh, to the team before the season began, it's that famous line that he had in the, the franchise that he said he wants to bring his father's the, the the trophy with his father's name back to back home. And anything less is not a success. Clark isn't making, isn't asking for a championship. He's demanding it. Why should I or anyone in the Chiefs fans of the Chiefs fans do anything different? Andy Reid cannot punt on poten- potential game-winning drives. Andy Reid has to change his ways if he wants to experience change. And I'm here. I'm here to believe it. Just like I'm here to criticize. I am the I am a family member of the person that can't maintain a healthy relationship. Andy is that person. And I'm here to tell you, Andy, you're the problem. And a lot of times. You need to change. Before, uh, you need to change you before you do what. Uh, before you waste what you have in Patrick Mahomes, the greatest relationship you've ever had. Don't fuck this up, BK. What are your thoughts? Okay, so first of all, great rant. Um, <laughs> I, I will start with this. Um, you make some fair points, and that Andy does have some issues, some glaring weaknesses, things that have been weaknesses for twenty years. I would say it's very unlikely that it's going to change now. And frankly, I'm okay with it because I think that you can make an argument that today he's the second best coach in the NFL. Like, I still believe that to be true. And so, like, some of the things that I'm about to say are probably somewhat contradictory. On one hand, I believe Andy Reid to be the second best coach in the NFL. On the other hand, I believe he's one of the worst coaches in the NFL when it comes to time management, when it comes to clock, or when it comes to game management in terms of, like, the going for fourth downs. He's far too conservative in those situations. All of that can be true. And I also tend to agree with some of the things that you were saying other people were saying. That was a moral victory, man. They weren't supposed to win that game. Like, I understand where you're coming from entirely. Yeah. But the Packers were the better team coming in. They had Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. They have Aaron Jones, one of the most talented running backs in the NFL. That's an absolute nightmare matchup for the Chiefs. And their defense is really, really talented. They've done to their defense what the Chiefs have been. We can talk about this later if you'd like. The Packers' defense has been rebuilt in two years. That was Brett Veach's job. Brett Veach's task was to rebuild the defense in two years. The Packers have done it. Brett Veach has not yet. We'll get into that a little later. But that was a game the Chiefs can't win. It's impossible to win. Never should have been in that game. And Andy's ability to game plan, Andy's ability to get the most out of his players, allowed them to be in the game. Now, I don't think he cost them the win with the punts. But he did cost them the opportunity to win. And that's where I have an issue with it is your defense wasn't playing well in the second half. The defense for the first half looked really good. The second half, they scored on every drive that they had, the Packers did. That's not playing well defensively. And so I had a I had a huge issue with, with that punt. I also don't know if he punts in that spot if Patrick Mahomes is playing. In fact, I think he doesn't punt in that spot if Patrick Mahomes is playing. And so 
I don't know if that's an issue that we're going to see moving forward in that specific circumstance. We're going to see other things that are maddening with challenges and with late game timeouts and with clock management as a whole. But I understand why you're frustrated. I would also say when you look at Andy Reid, you see your opportunity to win in him. He's a big part of why this team has a chance to go to the Super Bowl this year. If they had 25 other coaches, they probably wouldn't because the offense wouldn't be able to reach its peak. The defense would still be a problem. And now you're looking at a team that's what it is right now with an offense that's good, a defense that's average. And now you look like 15 other teams in the league. So I guess I say all this, all of that to say this. Andy Reid is part of the solution, not necessarily part of the problem, in my opinion. They have other issues on the roster right now that make his weaknesses more glaring. And so when you have a game like that against a team like the Packers, it's going to be really frustrating when you don't actually take it down and when you don't do what you what you were hoping that they would be able to accomplish. They did exactly what I hoped they would accomplish, though. I wanted them to keep it close. Yeah. I was frustrated by the punt, especially because they're playing with house money in that game, but it's kind of what I expected in that game, frankly. Yeah, and, and that's, what it, that's I guess what it comes back to my point about the fact that Looking back at the at the loss, it's like it, it doesn't surprise me we lost, dude. I, I was fully in. Like, we we do our picks yeah. every week, and we all three. Well, I think Trevor picked the Chiefs, believe Chiefs it or not. Win, yeah. But Eddie and I picked the Packers to win comfortably. I had them winning by two touchdowns. The only, I mean, the only reason I picked the Packers is because they were the better team coming into the weekend. They, they were they were a, a more of a complete roster than the right. Chiefs were. Sure, they they weren't dealing with as many injuries as the the Chiefs are dealing with injuries. So that's the reason I picked the Packers, not because the Chiefs can't get a win. But it's just because the Packers were the better team coming in. Yeah, you simplified weekend, it basically. Yes. You just you just looked at it black and white. This is how it's going to go, and, just because of that very that, fact. That, that, there was people online like blasting us. It was like because we didn't pick the Chiefs to win. It's like, well, I get why you're mad. I get why you want us to pick the Chiefs, but at the same time, I have to be realistic and pick the team that's coming into a, into a weekend better than the other. Just because I'm a Chiefs fan doesn't mean I'm gonna pick the Chiefs to win every game. Oh, BK had that issue with the Texans. Remember, you were talking about, hey, look. Patrick Mahomes ain't playing. Or what was it? Not the Texans. It was uh, oh, get, what game was that? You were like, it was very simple. If Patrick Mahomes plays, they win. Or that was last week. It was yeah. last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was okay. That was your situation. Packers, yeah, like, and I felt that, I feel that way this weekend as well, and we can talk about that later. Yeah. But like, the Packers and Vikings are similar teams to the Chiefs. Yes. I think the Chiefs are a better team than those teams are when Patrick Mahomes is playing. But if they're similar when Mahomes is playing. I'm going to pick the other team when the other team has their starting quarterback and the Chiefs do not have Patrick Mahomes. Like, I feel like Chiefs fans want it both ways. They both want Patrick Mahomes to be the best and most valuable player in the NFL. And also when you tell them that their team is worse because Patrick Mahomes isn't on the field, yeah. they're like, well, how could you say that? Because we're yes. still the best team in the league. Well, no, you have the most valuable thing that any team has. You have Mahomes. Like, you got the crown jewel. You got the Aaron Rodgers. You got the Peyton Manning, you got the Tom Brady, he's yours. You get to have him for the next 20 years. And right now he's not out there. And so when he's not out there, your team gets worse. Like that, it's That's that how simple. this works. Yeah. And so when you're looking at a game like the Packers game, you're going up against a team that believes it has Super Bowl aspirations this year. When you're looking at this weekend, going up against the Vikings, you can think whatever you want about Kirk Cousins, and I totally understand if you don't think that he's a guy that can lead a team to a Super Bowl, but that's a team that when they signed him, told you we have Super Bowl aspirations, and they are certainly on that path once again this year. These teams are in the same position that the Chiefs are in that they are their goal is to win a Super Bowl. There are eight teams maybe across the entire NFL that have that as a realistic, attainable goal. These are two of them. And so when you're going up against these teams without your starting quarterback, who is the most valuable thing in the sport, 
I'm going to pick you to lose. And like, this that's is how this oh, works. And BK, this is the reason why I'm so critical with Andy because I I love Andy Reid. When we when the Chiefs signed him in 2013, I was ecstatic. I had Philly. I have friends in Philadelphia. They're like, good luck with that shit. He's going to fuck you guys over. You're going to have 10, 11 victories every single year, and you're going to get fucked at the end. Uh-huh. And now I'm sitting here trying to defend him seven years into his tenure, and I always try to say, well, he's never had a superstar quarterback, which is true. Donovan McNabb was a very good quarterback, very good quarterback. He would even say borderline Hall of Fame. I don't, I'm not going to pick him to go to the Hall of Fame, but he's a damn good quarterback. Alex Smith, I don't want to talk about Alex Smith, but he was a decent quarterback. He was a good quarterback. Patrick Mahomes, like you just talked about, BK, is that next Aaron Rodgers, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady. He's a generational guy. So Andy Reid finally has that, which I would say in comparisons to relationship and the analogy I made, this is the greatest relationship he's ever had when it comes to a quarterback. What my fear is, is that the, the, the there's always going to be good and bad with a head coach. There's you know Every coach has their tendencies. Even sure. Bill Belichick has his tendencies. What I fear is that Andy Reid... Being as great as he is, I wonder sometimes if the bad is going to ultimately and consistently outweigh the good. That's what I fear because it's a legitimate fear at this point. It's not like he's two years into his career, you know, two, three years into his entire career, and he's finding his way into this league. He, everybody knows Andy Reid. Andy Reid knows Andy Reid. He's got a, he's an established Hall of Fame legacy in this league. What, what I fear is that he thinks that he doesn't need to change, and that was one of the first things you said tonight is the fact that you don't think it's going to ever change that's what i fear is it going to be all on patrick mahomes to make the ultimate difference i'm fine with him being the ultimate difference but what i don't want to see is patrick mahomes not just facing the opposition but facing his own head coach that's what i fear bk do you feel that's a legitimate thing i I get where you're coming from i would just say like last week patrick mahomes wasn't on the field you know so like as much as i understand your criticisms I don't think we're having the same conversation today if Patrick Mahomes was the quarterback I agree. instead of Matt uh, yes, Moore. One hundred percent. And so, as, as much as it's it's totally fair to be critical of Andy Reid in those situations, and regardless of who the quarterback is, like these are the easy things, and I think that's what's so maddening about Andy is he's so great at the things that are really hard to be great at, right? He comes up with new and different and exciting and interesting things for his offense. Every year, stuff that he's doing with McCole Hardman, we just don't see around the league. Stuff that he's doing with Tyreek Hill, you don't see anywhere else. The screen game, the ways that he gets Travis Kelsey open, the some of the throws that he's able now, like the Pats plays, quote-unquote, some of those things that he puts together are just amazing, and those are really hard to come up with. You don't see it anywhere else in the league. The easy stuff, the stuff that a 10-year Madden player can be good at, the don't call a timeout with two minutes and 40 seconds left, on the clock, right before you're getting to the two-minute warning. That's an easy thing to be good at. It's not hard. It doesn't take any skill. It just takes a little bit of research and a guy that's played Madden for 10 years. (laughs) The don't punt on fourth and five from your 40 when you have five minutes to go and the other guy on the other side is Aaron Rodgers. Don't do that. That's a really bad idea. These things are really easy. So I understand from that perspective why it is maddening to see him make those kinds of mistakes. But I would argue that he still, despite all of those things, a huge advantage for the Chiefs because of the things that he's good at. He's really good at making Mahomes the best possible version of himself. Yeah. Nobody in the league is going to get more out of Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill and LaShawn McCoy and this offensive line that they have right now. Like We haven't even talked about the fact that they're without, at times, three starters on the offensive line, a center who stinks right now, frankly. So Andy Reid is giving you a huge advantage every week. 
it's just the easy things that he screws up make it look like he's a they're so glaring. weakness. Yeah, they're so glaring as opposed to a strength. And, and let's not let's let's not pretend. I don't I don't mean to play devil's advocate here because I'm not trying sure. to push back intentionally. These are things I I've had legitimate concerns about. This isn't an isolated incident. Of course, you know I mean the Texans game. He runs that draw play. And they're almost the third, second, and eighteen. Yeah, and you have a fucking draw play, and you're going to the nine yard line. You have Patrick Mahomes, man. Throw the damn ball, and that's what's ironic about is we sit here, and and I'm going to say something. I saw you uh, quote tweet that guy talk about the twelve and zero stat the other day. That guy fucking took my (laughs) because I came up. I was looking that up the other day. I was like. Why, why does he avoid the run when I know there's got to be something to it about the run game being, uh, you know, there's there's something to us winning whenever we run the ball. And what do you know? 12-0 since 2018, week one, when the Chiefs run the ball 25-plus okay. times. And here we Let go. Me, ahead, go ahead. Why there's an issue with that stat, though. I actually quoted tweeted that as, as a joke. Oh, that's great. <laughs> that makes <laughs> you feel great, PK. Thanks. You know what? I didn't come up with that stat, PK. I didn't do it. That was totally that guy. Okay. That was so that guy. Here's the thing. I'm loving this. <laughs> There's a difference between causation and correlation, and a lot of people have an issue with this, but this is true. The Chiefs don't run to win. The Chiefs are running because they are winning. Andy Reid hates running the football. So imagine how much he has to be up by for him to run it 25 times in any single game. Like, Andy Reid is running the football in the fourth quarter because he's up by 20. That's why he's running, because he's throwing up the white flag. He's like, all right, you have no chance to win over on the opposition. I'll just go ahead and make this game end so that way we can all go home and be done with this one. Let me push back real quick, though, BK. Okay, go for let, it. let me push, because the Chiefs are 4-0 this year when they run 25 more times. How many blowouts have the Chiefs had this year? I, I mean, very few, but I would consider the Raiders game to be a blowout. Fine. Right? I mean, the, the final stat did the look, yeah, game was never actually close. True, like, true, true. The, game, the final scores may look close. Yeah. But those games were never actually right. w- within the margin of you feeling as a Chiefs fan like you were going to like potentially lose that game, right? Yeah, I get what you're saying. I, I, and I, I actually do agree with it when you're talking about the causation, correlation, all that sure. stuff. I agree with all that. My point is I don't see the negatives in having a balanced attack. You're Patrick Mahomes, dude. I get it. No, no, trust me. Trust me. I'm not the guy that's going to say don't let Patrick Mahomes throw the ball 40 times. I'm not saying that. My point, though, is it's all about control and dictating the pace of play. If you – where, where, in, where in any of this is? Are we saying it's 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 wrong for the t- the offense to have the ball longer? That's what I'm trying to say. Because this defense is not good enough, consistently good enough to keep opposing 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 offenses under 25 points. Sure. So why don't you dictate the pace of play? Yes, and this is a problem I've had, and I know we got to go to break in a second, but this is a problem I've had with Andy Reid as well. Is the fact that I feel. Because with in the Alex Smith area, he was ultra conservative. Everything yeah. was check down, check down, check down, run ball, check down. With Patrick, it's like Andy has just fallen in love with the highlight reel potential that it's almost like a lot of times he just forgets about the ba- like again balanced attack. All I'm asking is give the defense some different looks every once in a while, so it isn't just Patrick Mahomes out there just playing incredible you know voodoo football. Give him some, get, take some of the pressure off with your game plan. Run the ball a little bit more because it isn't like the Chiefs can't run the ball. I'm not saying they have a great run game. They have an average run game. They just don't get utilized like an average run game. He hates running the ball. I'm fine with that. But give yourself a little bit more of an opportunity to continue to to, to dictate the pace of play. That's all I'm asking. I don't feel like that's asking too much. It's, it's not. I, I am on the other side of this argument. Yeah. Um, I understand where you're coming from. I just... I just tend to disagree. Sure. So here's where I'm coming from for what it's worth. 
you have Patrick Mahomes, and when you say you want to be balanced, right, I kind of look at it more from the Mike Leach perspective of he's like, listen, if, if you're telling me I need to be balanced, like you're telling me I need to give the ball to one guy 25 times or to, to the running backs 25 times. No, I would rather spread my 60 touches around to all of my 12 different skill players that I've got on the field. That's how I view it of I need Tyreek Hill to get nine targets a game. I need Travis Kelsey to get eight targets a game. I want McCole Hardman to get five targets a game. I want to see Demarcus Robinson kind of mixed in a little bit. I want to make sure LaShawn McCoy's got a screen here, a screen there. I want to see what Darwin Thompson looks like in the in the screen game. I want to also get Darrell Williams involved in the running game. So, like, they have so many different weapons right now. And this is one of the things that's difficult if I'm Andy Reid of. I want to get everybody the ball over the course of the game. And so if you run the ball 25 times, let's say – now you're taking touches away from Tyreek Hill to give the ball to hand it off to Daryl Williams or to give the ball to hand off to LaShawn McCoy. I'm not willing to make that trade. I would rather see more attempts, more targets to McCall Hardman. Like if, you, if you're telling me McCall Hardman hasn't been involved enough in the game plan, I can listen to that. I'm very interested in listening to that argument. If you want to tell me that, you know, Travis Kelsey, as much as he's been good this year, he hasn't been able to have that breakout game. And so you should force feed him more often. Okay, I'll listen to that. I have a really tough time, though, listening to, you know, you really need to get Damian Williams and LaShawn McCoy and Daryl Williams more touches in the running game when they're averaging four yards per carry or two yards per carry in the instance of Damian Williams. Like, that's just not going to be a a winning argument to me. I would rather see the ball in Patrick Mahomes' hands where he's getting it to McCoy Hardman and Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. That's how this team wins. And you said how they keep the ball more often. No, you keep the ball longer. By getting more first downs. And the best way for this team to get first downs is by Patrick Mahomes throwing to Kelsey and Hardman and Hill and all these guys that they have on the outside. So that's where I'm coming from. Yeah. Like, I have no issue with the way they've run the ball this year. I wish they were more effective in doing so sometimes. But I haven't really had an issue, to be honest, with the way that they've, like, the lack of running that they've done. Well, I'm not going to punt right now because when we get back from this break, I have some one more thing I want to say to that because that's a really – I like what BK said, but I have a counter to it. Uh, when we get back, though, I'm gonna, like I said, I'm going to get back on that. But we're also going to talk about running backs. Actually, ironically, are they really important in this league? Um, and also we're going to get to the mailbag, our weekly mailbag from the Spoken on uh, Facebook. So we'll get back to all that after this. Commandeer is Kansas City's alternative apparel brand. They make unique Kansas City-themed apparel and accessories with an emphasis on counterculture. They're nominated for two Best of KC 2019 awards in the Pitch Magazine and have plenty of designs for both sports fans and anyone else. Find them online at CommandeerBrand.com or follow them at Commandeer on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Soft shirts, designed with an edge. Back at it again on the Spoken Podcast. I'm your host, Lance Twidwell, here inside the KC Beard Co. Studios with my guy, Eddie Ortiz. Yo, yo, yo. Trevor Twidwell is a little absent tonight. Again, he's got the cough, <laughs> cough, sniffle, sniffle. Hopefully my brother gets feeling better. Shout out to my brother, Trev. Uh, but we do have our guy, 610 Sports, The Drive, produ- producer, Brandon B.K. Kiley. How are we doing tonight, buddy? I'm good, man. How are you doing? Great, man. Great. That was a fun first segment. I know all the listeners are going to definitely agree with BK because there's there's this vendetta <laughs> no, against no, no, me. No, 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 no. That is definitely not the case. I can tell you that my side of this argument and being a you don't know our listeners, BK. I can assure you, I will definitely be on the losing end for ninety five percent of your listeners. Well, I'm glad you can admit defeat, but no. The, the, the only thing I was going to say real quick in regards to the last thing you were talking about because I, dude, I a hundred percent agree with you. Obviously. I want the ball in the in Tyreek Hill's hands, Travis Kelsey's hands, Sammy Watkins when healthy as much as possible. I, I, I didn't even mention Sammy in the last yeah, that, that's, to your, that's to your point, though. That's to your point. How many skill set players they have? So many high level guys that, that Patty can throw the ball, and how many guys Andy Reid can utilize. 
But to that point, when I mean rush, it's, when I mean running the ball, you know as well as I do that Andy gets funky. He has those jet sweeps and those little, you know, dink and dunk kind of like style runs. That's what I'm talking about. Like getting the ball in the hands of players behind the line of scrimmage is what I like to see. Not just, hey, Daryl Williams, you run the ball 13 times. Hey, LaShawn, you run the ball 12 times, make it 25. I'm not saying it just in the naked eye of that. I'm talking about getting creative outside of, okay, Patrick, five-step drop, try to find somebody downfield and throw the ball. That's what I'm saying. Make the defense have to fluctuate, come back and forth, back and forth, making them respect every inch of the field. Because what is something we've talked about early in the year? Even a big-time, high, highly paid uh, analyst have said, you have to protect every inch of grass when it comes to the cheat. John Gruden said that. Make that consistent because I feel like it hasn't been enough. I feel like in the Texans and Colts game, the, Andy Reid was literally like, let's just not run the ball. And that's not okay, like, ever. Because if you look at the you, you and the, that question thing you guys do between the segments, when uh, Spectre's asking you guys the questions, you said the most frustrating loss as a fan was the AFC Championship game, yeah. where the Patriots had the ball twice as long as the Chiefs. How do you change that on your own? Some things you can't avoid because sometimes your, your, your opposition just game plans perfectly, and there's just something you can't do. you just got to tip your cap. But there was something the Chiefs could have done better. They could have established more of a run style of offense in that game. That's all I'm saying. I love Patrick Mahomes throwing the ball. He's the best quarterback in football. What kind of idiot would I be to say don't throw the ball as much as you can? My point, though, is, is that let this offense, when it's healthy, is the best offense in football, one of the greatest of all time. So you dictate how the game goes. That's what I'm saying. Don't put it on the defense because if the defense had a better run-stopping ability, I would be on your side 100%. I'd say throw the ball every damn time because you know why? We're getting the ball back in three plays. That isn't reality, though. So you dictate how the game goes by you having more of a balanced attack. That's the only way I'll say oh, Go ahead, Eddie. The only question I have to, to ask you on that is yeah. – uh, do you think the running attack that the Chiefs currently have can do what you expect them to do? What I, as to what we've seen in the past few weeks. Well, let me let me let me specify on what I'm expecting the run game to do. All I mean, I'm not expecting the run game to give me 150 yards every game. I'm not expecting big stats. What I'm expecting is for them to have enough capability to where the defense has to respect them to where the box where everything everything starts to get drawn a little bit closer and that makes Patrick's game a lot easier for him to be able to throw over the defense that's all I'm saying give me more of an unpredictability because when when, when teams are facing the Chiefs you know this BK what, what is the number one thing they're saying do not let the Chiefs beat you over the top sure so of course the defense is naturally going to pull back that's what the Lions did that's why we struggled so much against them is and the they fact didn't have Tyree well, that also hurt. Yeah, like, no shit. I, 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 I understand where you're coming from. I, I think a lot of what you're talking about, though, is less about the running game and more about the injuries that they've had, right? Sammy Watkins, if you want them to be more underneath, he's their guy. Like, Sammy Watkins' role in this offense is basically be a running back at receiver. Like, run slants, run drags going across the middle, run out routes, run basically anything between the 5 and 10 to 15-yard mark. He, he's their short to intermediate yeah. game guy. And they use him, and they want to get him into space. And then when he, when he gets into space, because he's so physically gifted, he's able to get 5, 10, 15 yards after the catch. And that's what they're trying to do with Sammy. And so it's an extension of their running game, more or less, whenever they're throwing Sammy Watkins a quick slant from the outside. Same thing for, on a lot of the passes to Tyreek. Some of the underneath game to him, he runs so many hitches in every game where it's three steps and he stops. It's a stop route, basically. Mahomes hits him, on, hits him on the dime. He makes one man miss, and now he's gone for 12. Like, this is their running game. And people don't like it. And people get mad at me when I say this. And so this is what I'm saying. Like, 
I there's a lot of your audience that's going to hear me and they're like this this idiot he just wants to throw the ball all around this ain't going to work it never works you got to run to be able to win in, in January you know what works in January having the best quarterback in football throw the ball to the best receiving core in football like I know people don't want to hear this but football has changed man it's different today than it was 20 years ago than it was 10 years ago hell than it was five years ago it's what we've seen in the NBA. People didn't believe that the Warriors could win an NBA title until they saw it because no jump shooting team has ever won the NBA title. Like you can't win with your best player being 6-3. That can't happen. We can't see that in the NBA, but we saw it. We saw it happen. And then they added Kevin Durant, like the the skills changed and whatever. We, we don't have to go down the path. But no, no, we're okay. We're NBA fans. Go ahead. I mean, okay. yeah, do your thing. <laughs> so like the, the skills changed and they, they were so overly talented at that point that nobody was going to pick against them. But – when they first started on their run, nobody believed that the Warriors could actually do what they ended up doing because they were a jump shooting team. Yeah, The NFL equivalent of being a jump shooting team <clears throat> is basically being a finesse pass first team. It's what the Chiefs are. We don't want to admit it. A lot of Chiefs fans don't want to admit it. You root for a finesse team. You root for a team that runs RPOs, run pass options. You root for a team that's not very good in the running game. You root for a team with an offensive line that's much better in space than they are at the block, blocking at the point of attack. This team is at its best when Patrick Mahomes is healthy, first of all, when Sammy Watkins and Tyreek Hill are healthy, second of all, when they've got their starting left tackle, third of all, to protect uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes on the left side. They're at their best when they're throwing the football. I don't, I don't disagree with you on that regard because I even said this last week with Kent uh, from Arrowhead Pride. And Kent Swanson, we were talking about how I know the only comparison you can legitimately give the Chiefs when it comes to across league is the Golden State Warriors, and in particular with pa- Patrick Mahomes being the Steph Curry of this offense, things of that, doing things that we've never seen. That is all very true, and that I do believe that's where the NFL is headed. Who just won the, the Super Bowl last year, and how did they do it? Tom, Tom Brady didn't win them that Super Bowl. He had two touchdowns. He should have had four interceptions in the playoffs. They won by the run game and the defense and Bill Belichick's greatness. Look at the NFL right now. Who are the three best teams in the NFL right now? The Patriots, Saints, and 49ers based off record. What do all three of those teams do very well? Yeah, but is, is anybody in this room picking the 49ers to win? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And why is that? Because I think they're frauds. My point but is mostly this. mostly you think they're a fraud because of the quarterback, right? Yeah, because they're passing. Right, but, but let's – okay, so two-thirds of that – or two, uh, 75% of who I just said, though, is teams that I do think can win the Super Bowl, which is the Saints and the Patriots, and neither one of them right now have strong pass games. That's what I'm saying. Like, if we're going – I agree. We'll see if the Pats are – I'm really interested to see over the next few weeks what the Pats look like. Sure. I think the Pats are really good. Don't get me wrong. I love that. That defense is amazing. Like, yeah. I don't care who you've played. When you're putting up the numbers that they put up defensively, you're Respect. really, really, really and, and good. I, and right? I think this week is when they're they're about to face a real the team. The first time, yeah. For the first time yeah. this whole season, they're going to face a real team. Yeah, it's a so, real test. So yeah. we'll, see what the, yeah, we'll see what the Patriots can offer that game. And if they can't, they can go into Baltimore and beat the, beat the, the hell out of the Ravens, then you can consider them – a real, real series. I agree. I think, that, I think that would change my perspective. I think that's what you're trying to get to, is I think that, that would change my perspective on the Patriots. If that's say they go into Baltimore, dominate Lamar Jackson, who's going to be their first real quarterback they faced on their schedule, um, goes in there and beats a good Ravens team. I don't think the Ravens are a Super Bowl team, in my opinion. Sure. I think they're a playoff team for sure. sure. But I don't – they go in there and beat them soundly. Yeah, we have to really restore respect. And my, my point going through it all is that I, I, I do think in the next – 
right from right now to five years, the league is going to be more like the Chiefs and the Patriots. I will agree to that because that is the more old style of playing. But you can't take away from the fact that it's still effective. That's all I'm trying to say is that I want to see the. I guess I'm being a selfish fan. I want you know the best of both worlds. I want a Patrick Mahomes and I want a successful run game. Maybe I can't have that, and maybe I need to start thinking more like you, where I'm just going to have to accept the fact that their run game is going to be the short slants and the short intermediate passes in the flat and things of that nature. And if that's the case and it works, I'm not going to bitch because at the end of the day, you and me, you mean. You and me, BK, want the same thing. Absolutely. The Chiefs want a fucking Super Bowl. I'm just saying that if if I'm seeing the way things are going right now and we're losing losing in frustrating fashion and it's the same formula of how we've lost in the playoffs with the run games, the run defense still being just as bad, I'm worried. I'm legitimately worried as a fan. Totally you know? fair. And I, I get where you're coming from and all of it is justified. I would just say this. We've seen 12 plays of this team healthy. 12 plays. We have literally – we didn't see an entire quarter – of the Chiefs at full strength. And so as much as I understand where you're coming from, what you're talking about is what they look like whenever they're injured the way that they have been, right? So when Patrick Mahomes and Sammy Watkins and Tyreek Hill and Eric Fisher are all on the field together healthy, I don't think any of this matters. I think they're still the best team in football. I agree with you. I just, I, I think they're so overwhelmingly great offensively. And when I say great offensively, I mean great at the thing that matters the most, which is passing. I don't think any of the rest of it matters. Like, I've been really hard on their run defense this year. I don't even know how much that matters when the offense is actually at full strength because they are over, like overwhelmingly great offensively. Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league. I think Tyreek Hill this year, if they get him back to 100% with Mahomes at 100%, will at that point be considered to be the best receiver in the NFL. Like, what I saw at training camp, guys, this dude took it to another level from where he was a year ago. Yeah, I was there with you, man. Wow. He's unbelievable. Yeah. And, and you also have Sammy Watkins, who's looked really good when he's been healthy this year. Like, hasn't been perfect, but he's looked really good. But Cole Hardman's been so much better than I think any of us could have possibly What, he played eight snaps at two touchdowns last week? And he's really good. <laughs> and Travis Kelsey's still the best tight end in football. Yes. I know, by the way, they're missing one of the, even if you hate Eric Fisher, one of the 12 best left tackles in the league, a position that really matters. Like, No, it's true. You're right. <laughs> they are so great offensively when they're healthy. And we've just, we have forgotten how good this team is offensively when they're healthy because we haven't seen it in so long. The last time we really saw it, was in the second quarter against the Raiders. But really, the last time we saw it was in the first quarter against the Jaguars. You guys remember what that looked like? It looked easy. Because it was it, unbelievable. Dude, it I was mean, impossible. How beautiful. open Sammy Watkins was, I mean, it, was, it looked dumb. I mean, how is this That's even an NFL Chiefs game? Offense. That's yeah. what I expected yeah. coming into this year. So if they can get back to that, I don't know if they can because of Mahomes' knee and because of his ankle and because the injuries have been so overwhelming this year. Like, I don't know if they'll ever be that. But if they are... None of the other stuff that we're talking about matters. Andy Reid's conservatism doesn't matter. Their lack of a running game doesn't matter. Their defense being average, I think, is actually like a, a win, all things considered. This is what I was hoping they could become is yeah. what they are right now. So their their passing game is so great whenever they're healthy. We just haven't seen it be healthy since week one. Yeah, and to segue from that, I have a little side note I wanted to bring up because I did see a lot of people on uh, Twitter talking about you know, the, the running back position. I don't want to sound like the guy that is trying to defend running backs because I do obviously understand that like the fullback position, the running back position is really starting to lose value at a dramatic level. At least it's changing. It's evolving into something else. They're still valuable, but in a different way. Back when, you know, BK and I were in high school, you know, guys were running the ball 30, 35 times. Yeah. That was a normal day for Sean Alexander, LaDainian Thomason, and Priest Holmes. But now it's much different where guys are getting, you know, 15 to 20 carries, and that's a big day for them. Well, I ran this poll this week on Twitter asking Chiefs fans if uh, 
if you could bring one of these four players back that was a current chief or was a former chief in the recent memory, uh, which would it be? Justin Houston, Marcus Peters, Kareem Hunter, D Ford. I got over 400 votes on that tweet. You guys want to know who got over 60% of that vote? No, Peters is disliked too much by the fan base. Houston was never beloved here. Who were the other options? Kareem Hunt and D Ford. D Ford that was disliked because of the offside. So I think I think a lot of this has more to do with the fact <laughs> He's that already people, shitting on my pole. <laughs> people dislike the other three options, but I'm, I'm assuming you probably got about 60% for Kareem Hunt. It, yes. And, it, and, it, and the funny thing about it, to your point about Marcus Peters, I 100 percent agree. We've I've defended Marcus Peters throughout this entire thing. That's TV, it's total bullshit he was traded, but he fits so well with this defense here. The funny right, thing, like, dude. It, because they, they want to run zone, they haven't been able to because their run defense is so bad that they're having to send their linebackers so much but at, at his core spags mostly runs a lot a lot of zone defenses on the outside peters would be so great at that he'd be so great in this system yeah. if they were able to make that move but obviously like for a yeah. million different reasons right non-football related but the point is for me what i took away from it and the point i was trying i, I want to make in this is although yes i do believe that running back the running back position a, as a whole is losing certain values having a great running back is still very important in this league, in my eyes, because of the fact that yes, you have your run by committee, running back by committee teams, but if I'm choosing between Kareem Hunt or Damian Williams, who am I taking? I'm taking Kareem Hunt. Sure. If I had the opportunity to get Todd Gurley in his prime or Kenyon Drake, I like Kenyon Drake. I'm taking Todd Gurley. There is a difference between those two guys, and you can't ignore that. And that's what I'm trying to get people to understand is that yes. They may not have they you may not have your run centric offenses anymore where the quarterback position is less valuable to this team than certain teams. That doesn't happen very often anymore. But having Kareem Hunt on this team right now, you cannot say if he was playing right now with this Chiefs off this Chiefs offense, this team would be dramatically better. Of course. So I'm gonna give you guys a really hot take right here. You ready, you ready for it? You know the little horn thing? <laughs> Good players matter. Oh, boom. Boom. That's the take. So people have like, they've taken this in so many different directions that are just like, what are you, what are you trying to do here? Like I, I'm all for the numbers and the analytics and like moving things forward and trying to learn more about all these different things. It's all great. I'm all in. Like, I love it. It's great. Man, good players matter in the NFL. Like, do I want to pay $15 million for Todd Gurley? No, no. No. But I would love to have Todd Gurley on my football team. Like, if I've got an option of Kareem Hunt, like excluding all the off-field stuff, but like we're just looking at the football perspective, right? If I've got an option of for the same amount of money, Kareem Hunt or Damian Williams, yeah, give me the guy that's really good at football. Like, I, I'll, I'll figure the rest <laughs> out later. I don't think that's a question. Give me the guy that's really BK, good. You know I'm right though about this because you you see the text line every single day at your job. You know you have the plans, the fans that have said, and I have a million of them that say it to me. We'll just plug a running back in, and Andy Reid will figure out a way to use him. That's bullshit. That was one of those for what it's worth. But like, you I, know that's not right now. Like it's not correct because Damian. I do. I coming into the season, I was just as big on Damian Williams as you were. Sure. I remember you were singing his praises. I was doing the same thing. I said coming into the season, I thought Damian Williams was gonna have twelve hundred total yards and fifteen it. touchdowns. I thought he was gonna have a monster season. Now we know the reality of why Damian Williams was Damian Williams before he came to Kansas City. I think he has potential still, but the point is he will never be what Kareem Hunt was in this offense, and that's what separates, and that's what that's what makes, and like you just said, good players, you need to have good players, man. It's that simple. So quit, let's quit trying to downplay the position as a whole because, again, you're always going to have those elite talents. Ask the Cowboys if they would trade Ezekiel for anybody right now. They probably wouldn't outside of maybe two names. I still wouldn't have paid him what they paid him, but no. your, your point remains, right? Like, 
having good players is really important, regardless of the position. Like if right. you could have a really good nose tackle, I don't want to pay that dude $20 million, but that would really help the Chiefs right now. Like having Snacks Harrison, for instance, the defensive tackle that plays for the Lions currently, one of the best run stuffers in the league, that really matters. Now the value on it is less than a pass rusher who's coming from the outside, just like the value of a really great running back is different than a guy that's a really great receiver because what they do is simply more valuable. Like yeah. the, a really great receiver is going to average like eight yards per target. So every time you target him, you're going to get you like eight, nine yards, right? A really great running back is going to average five yards per carry at the most. And so a really great receiver is just simply more valuable by virtue of what they do and the touches that they get. So these things can both coexist. You can both need a good receiver and a good running back. Those things can be true. And I, I would also say to your point on Damian Williams, I don't know that we were wrong necessarily on Williams. Like I, maybe this is going to sound stupid. It probably is, but I think a lot of what we were wrong about was the offensive line. I think this offensive line is just not very good this year. Like mm-hmm. I think I was wrong about Austin Ryder. I was wrong about Andrew Wiley. I was wrong about LDD coming back healthy and being the guy that he was pre-injury and like taking a step forward from that. And then also you've got Eric Fisher who's been hurt all year. So right now this run blocking unit as a whole up front. It's just not very good. You see it when LaShawn McCoy's out there. LaShawn McCoy is one of the most agile running backs we have in the league. And he struggles to get the four or five yards that he's able to get. I don't think he has a run on the year over 15 or 20 yards. Damian Williams needs the holes. He is basically, I've always heard this saying about Andy Dalton, that he's a reflection of the talent around him. Like when the Bengals were super talented, they had Marvin Jones, they had A.J. Green, and they had one other really great receiver winning. I think it was like 2014, whenever they went in the playoffs. He looked amazing. He was an MVP candidate that year, right? But when the talent depleted around him, all of a sudden, he started to struggle. It's not a reflection of Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton was the same dude in 2014 that he is today. The difference is the talent around him. That's what Damian Williams is. Damian Williams, if you have a really good run-blocking unit up front, and you have a good passing game, he can be super effective as a running back. Right now, they don't have that. And so he's a reflection of what the offensive line is giving him, and they're not giving him much right now. Like, that's kind of what he is. He's an average NFL running back. Kareem Hunt's just better. Yeah, that's simply put, man. So um, I, I just wanted to throw that out there just because, I, like I said, I know there was a few fans that were asking me about that. A, a couple of listeners had asked me, like, you know, what are your thoughts on the running back position? I wanted to get that out there, and I wanted, I'm glad I got BK's thoughts on that as well. And to get into our mailbag, actually, we just started that up this week. Uh, hit us up on Facebook at The Spoken, and uh, we'll be doing every Monday uh, the mailbag, and on Fridays we'll be discussing this. Um, the first question actually comes from our guy Jacob. Uh, he actually asked a question. I think it's geared towards me because of my strong opinions on Andy Reid this week. Uh, if the Chiefs moved on from Andy Reid like you want, who would you want to see take over? Well, let me address that first by saying that I don't want Andy Reid gone. I, I am very grateful we Are have Andy sure? Reid. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> not to revisit our first segment I, and a half. But, I saw Twitter that last weekend. So. Okay. You know, obviously, yes. There was there was alcohol and my <laughs> my frustration <laughs> level at all time high. My well, blood pressure was. Like, yeah, but look, I'm. I, there's a lot of things I don't like about Andy Reid's style and and mindset and mentality. But overall, he to BK's point, he's one of the two, three best coaches in this league, and it's not even arguable. I mean, it, it's really not. Just look at the results in itself. But it, to entertain the entertain the question, I mean, the only names I would really. I mean, there's going to be like this, the, the obvious ones, like your Bill Belichick's, your Sean Payton's. Those are guys, obviously, you'd want off the board if you don't have Andy Reid. But to entertain the thought, it's going to be a guy that left recently. I know this might not be – BK might even disagree with this. I like I like Doug Peterson. 
I think he's a, I but think he's, he's not available. He's a head coach. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like if, if I'm replacing him, because he's saying who would you want to see take over? Basically, like who would I pick of everybody? It's, this isn't a real question. Like obviously, okay. there's nobody like free agent guy out meant, there. I thought he meant like if if you fired Andy Reid mm-hmm. in the offseason and you were going out and you were hiring a coach, so like current offensive coordinators, yeah. college coaches, whatever. Like if they were to do this, and I want to be very clear, dude, I'm dude, on the same side dude. with you. Like. I don't want them to. I love Andy Reid. I yeah. think he's the second best coach in the NFL. But if they were to do so, write a blank check, check to Lincoln Riley and figure out what it what it takes. Like there you go. Lincoln Riley, the Oklahoma coach, would be the guy that you would target. Now, would he leave? I don't know. Probably not. It, play, it, to coach Patrick Mahomes, I don't know, man. It, it's unlikely. Yeah. But you do what you can. Like yeah. that, that's the you have to make the call. And if he doesn't respond with a yes, like okay, you move on to your next target. But the, what they did with Andy was we're going to go to him and we're going to make him say no. We are going to be the first organization that talks with him. He's not going anywhere else. We're going to have a 12-hour meeting with him and he's going to say yes. And if he doesn't, okay, we'll move on to the next guy after. But we're going to make him say yes. That's what you do with Lincoln Riley. What you about get him into a room and you figure it out until he says Clark yes. Did Clark Hunt like, fly to Andy? Yeah, yeah. He, he basically is like, no one else is getting you. The yeah, Chargers, no. the Cardinals, like a bunch of other teams are interested there. He's like, no, no one else is talking to you. You're coming to Kansas City. And then he asked Andy, do you want to keep uh, Scott Peely? And he was like, no, I'm bringing <laughs> my own back. <laughs> He's like, we got to get – because they hired Andy. I like Andy like, Two days later, <laughs> Scott yeah. Peely got fired. And I was like, wow, that was quick. Like, he made really quick. They wasted no I time. what happened here. And then Andy Reid happened. That's what happened. Um, uh, another name, since we're in the college ranks, Mike Leach, you talked about him earlier. Nobody's going to hire him in the NFL. He's, I, he's a weirdo. I get it. Yeah, yeah, I get it. But could you imagine what he could do with Patrick Mahomes, though? Oh, my great. God. It'd be fun, man. I'd be, be in fun. experience. But first of all, I don't know that he would work at the NFL level because he's a bit of a hard ass. <laughs> and, like, I just – Simple. Winning cures everything, though, man. If he came in, if he came to Kansas City and they won a Super Bowl, Just for a while, but yeah. he's great for college because those kids have to leave after four years. Yeah, that's like, true. You can only spend up to five years with Mike Leach in college. There are NFL players like Mahomes would potentially spend the next fifteen years with Mike Leach. He would kill Mike Leach after a while. Like, eventually, he's just going to get so infuriated by what he's dealing with on a day to day basis. I love the idea, but it would just it would never work. Another question from our guy Scott. Uh, he says, "Tanking will it stick in the NFL like it did in baseball and yield championships like it did to the Astros and the Cubs?" BK, what do you think about that tanking? I mean, it, it's 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 an obvious problem that all leagues are facing right now. Um, I like what Dan Patrick said one time where he was talking about you give the teams that almost made the playoffs that didn't make the playoffs like a seven and nine team. You give them the first picks in the draft. I mean, I, I think something like that would add incentive to these bad teams that are intentionally bad, like the Dolphins and teams like that. I think it would make them want to fight for a victory more, obviously, because if you can get five wins as opposed to one win, it's actually benefiting you in the sure. long run. So, what, I mean, what are your things? What are your thoughts? So you it's, think an ever- it's an interesting point you bring up there. The one thing that I would say is, like, then you're going to have people taking out of playoff spots. And you don't want that if you're the NFL, right? Like, if you've got a team that's going into Week 17 and they're battling, let's say, remember a few years ago, there was that 7-9 and nine Seahawks team that ended <laughs> up having the Marshawn Lynch uh, game. Like, you don't want that team – trying to get out of the playoffs. You want that team trying to fight for the playoffs because in a lot of cases, that would have been more beneficial for them to get the number one pick than to make it to the playoffs and host one game. And then that's, that's a good point. That's a good point. So that's one thing that I would say on that uh, to the, to the heart of the question though, with the tanking, I think baseball and football are just so different in so many different ways that it's harder to work in football. Can it work? Sure. Because at the end of the day, what you need is the quarterback. And so what you're tanking for is to get that quarterback. And once you've got it, okay, we can move forward now. We can build like any other team, right? The tanking is for the quarterback is ultimately what I'm saying. That being said, like some of the things that make tanking work in baseball is the contract length, right? So when you tank and you get a player, 
you've got him in your organization for the next 10 years, like right off the top. You're going to have him for the first five years because that's the club control. And then you're going to have him for arbitration after that. And you've got him while he's in the minors developing under you. Like you've got 10 years of that kid being in your organization in football. The longest you can possibly have that guy on a rookie contract is five years. You got second through seventh rounders for four. You've got your first round pick for five years. Injuries are a problem in the NFL that it, in a bigger way than they are in baseball. The lifespan of NFL players is shorter. Like, it's just so much harder to make it work consistently. But at the end of the day, if you get the quarterback, then it works. The Browns, they got the quarterback, and it works. Now, we'll see if it ends up actually working. But for a year, it appeared that it really worked for them. So Baker Mayfield just walked off the set, by the way, because you said that. So hey, it all comes that. back to whether or not you get the quarterback. I was really enjoying Baker being here, but BK had to run him <laughs> off. So really appreciate you doing that, man. It was it was I was gonna be a it was gonna be a surprise guest, but you know what the funny thing would be though? Baker, don't Thank tweet you. at us. Please don't tweet. What was about, about Miami tanking? Because uh, they're trying to get. Uh, in my opinion, I think they're trying to get Tua. It'll be maybe. If, it'll be if Tua just like I'm gonna stay stay one more year in Alabama. <laughs> well, my ankle got messed yeah, up. I, was, I, I got all these I, records I, that yeah, I want to get. I gotta, like, I gotta go one more year. And there's some other good quarterbacks in the in the Joe college ranks. Stuff. Yeah, man. Joe yeah. Stuff. He, he's jumping the. He's climbing the ladder right now. As far as quarterback. Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts. I think he's definitely going to – he's going to be probably a first-round pick, I would I say. A lot of people have made this comparison. I think it's a pretty good one. Like, a lot of people have compared him to Dak Prescott. Makes sense. Like, yeah. not, not that – not perfect. Um, but damn, a guy damn that you could potentially athlete. win with, right? Yeah. And then, so, I I think that's a pretty good comparison. And everything you hear is that he's a great uh, great leader as well. So. Oh, no doubt. I mean, he got benched for two, and he was yeah. there high-fiving everybody. I mean, obviously, you know, he wants to – you know, put on a good show, but sure. I, I, I've never heard anything other than, yeah, he is a good leader, but that was our Monday mailbag guys. Uh, definitely hit us up on Facebook and Twitter. It's at the spoken pod on Twitter and just go search the, uh, the spoken on Facebook and give us your thoughts or your questions. And we will read those. Like I said, on air starting every Friday. Now this is our first one. So it was pretty, uh, I think that was pretty good. I, I actually like those questions. Uh, even though, uh, Jacob kind of set me up on that one because there's just nobody out there better. So shout out, Jacob. I appreciate that, you prick. But um, anyway, we're going to come back. And when we talk, when we get back with the BK, we're actually going to talk about this upcoming game, Chiefs versus Vikings. Is Patrick playing or not? Andy was being super coy about it today. I don't know what to really think about it. I definitely want to get BK's thoughts on this. I heard a show earlier today, but I want to get his thoughts on this show. We'll get back to all that after this. Casey Hemp Company your most trusted CBD provider in Kansas City, shipping nationwide, ancient plant for a new age health. Follow them on Facebook and Instagram at Casey Hempco. Back at it again on the Spoken Podcast. I'm your host, Lance Twiddle, here for segment number three in the Casey Beardco Studios with my guy, Eddie Ortiz. Yo, yo, yo. And our guy from 610 Sports Radio, the Drives producer and extraordinaire. Branded BK Kylie, I threw the extraordinaire in there, so you know, I respect it. We're, yeah. we're running low on Boulevard, so I know we're getting close to the end. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's how I know the show like, is getting lit. Like, we're on that last turn, bro. We're we're there. And again, thank you so much for being here tonight, man. It yeah, means course, a lot to us. It's been um, a great show, honestly. Yeah, it's been a blast. Man. I agree. I've been great. You guys have been mediocre, but I still haven't been really good tonight. Right? Yeah, bro. You're 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 the, you're you're LeBron James, and we're the 2017 Cavs, man. Like, congratulations on this. Like, I mean, let, let's take another step up. Like, I feel like I'm Brady over here. Okay, now say your Belichick. Now we're editing. Now we're editing that out. You guys didn't hear shit. You guys are definitely at least like Josh Gordon. Like, you were on the team. You just waved us, bro. Like, <laughs> hey, best of luck with your life, yeah, man. We're like, in Seattle. So. We're in Seattle. Yeah, you, you got a shot this year. <laughs> I actually like that. I actually like that. Oh, yeah, situation. DK Metcalf and, and, and Josh Gordon. Hey, and weed's legal up there, bro. I'm just saying. It's like, still legal for the NFL, though. That's the problem. I know. I know. It just sucks that he's uh, yeah, it, it, poor guy. I just that's all I'm gonna say. But um, 
By the way, guys, our uh, two sponsors that we've had on the on the show between the breaks, uh, Common Deer Brand and Casey Hemp Company, they have promo codes going on right now at their websites. It's Spoken10. So whatever you guys get on there, if you guys get on their websites and you purchase, put in the promo code Spoken10 and you'll get 10% off of your purchase. So definitely go and check them out tonight. Um, but segment number three, it's about the game that's coming up, man. And, and, and there's a lot. Like, we could sit here and break down the matchup, but BK, let's be real here, man. We don't really know what we're going to have at quarterback. Is it going to be Pat or Matt? Now, I know that I you... I think we do. I think we do know. Yeah, I, I do. I, but Andy has still not come out officially, so until that happens, we can't sit here and play certainties. Now, I do know sure. that UNC have said all day on your show, anticipate Matt Moore. And I'm doing the same. Because after the gamesmanship, quote-unquote, they had last year, last week against the Packers, I'm feeling the same way in this regard. I think that they're doing the exact same thing, which is why I just don't understand why Andy just didn't come out and say it today. I, I really don't know what it does. I don't think it has anything to do with you. I think it has everything to do with Mahomes. I think Mahomes really wants to play. No doubt. Yeah. I th- like... He wanted to come back that <laughs> in the Thursday game. Yes, yeah. <laughs> let, let me tell you something about Mahomes that if you didn't know yet, you know now. He is crazy. <laughs> Mahomes is a fucking crazy person. Like this. this guy is a psycho. He looked at his leg, saw his kneecap on the side of his knee, and was like, "Yeah, I can come back in. Like, I'll be fine. And we'll make this work." He said that. No, no, As soon as he did the X-rays, like he asked if he could come back to the game. He's crazy. Yeah. So I, I think what we've seen the last two weeks is the Chiefs are placating him. They're they're saying like, listen. Medically, you're cleared to practice. Let's see what it looks like. And in the back of their minds, they're all like, dude, you're going to make $200 million next offseason. You're the franchise. Like, If we screw this up, we're all getting fired. You're not playing this week. So I think that's what happened and, last week. And, and uh, to add to that, like, I think last week what Matt Moore showed out in the field, he he earned Patrick Mahomes another sure. week off. I, I think in, oh, my, yeah. in my opinion – the way that they played last week earned Mahomes another week off. Yeah, that's, you, that's could you I imagine think. the conversation if Matt Moore would have went out there and threw four interceptions, had like a Tyler Palco oh, game? Yeah. Oh, he's sitting here going, okay, Patty, you got to play. <laughs> you got to fucking play. Yeah. Like, I agree with that. I do think, though, that we need to lower our expectations for Matt Moore this week because of the fact that it's, it's, it's really hard for you to, to almost ask of that from him again. Sure. Because, I mean, let's be real. The, the Vikings' defense is a real, real defense. That's a, like, they got that thing running up. I I'm not saying they're great on the road. I was really excited but, when it seemed like Eric Fisher was coming back. Like, last week, yeah. coming off of it, it was like, okay, he, he practiced. Like, he's getting a limited participation, similar to what Chris Jones was, and you expected him to take the same step that Chris Jones took this week, where it looks like he's going to play on Sunday. And he didn't practice this yeah. week. It was like, wait, no, 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 no. You can't go up against Daniil Hunter and not have <laughs> yeah. Eric Fisher out there. Everson like, Griffin out there. Like, this is yeah. going to be a problem, man. Like that, that pass rush is for real. Their corners have taken a step back this year. Trey Waynes is just he's never been the player that people expected him to be. Xavier Rhodes in the last washed. year and a half washed. doesn't look like the guy that right. he once was. I was all in favor of the Chiefs trading for him this offseason. Looks like that would have been a bad move. Like he's he hasn't been the same. Oh, guy. so it would have fit right in with Veach's other move. Okay, perfect. Yeah, well, we should have fucking done it. Man. Yeah. What the hell? Man? No, I, I, so let's 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 just go off of that. Let's say, yeah, Matt Moore is the quarterback sure. this week. BK, what what are you anticipating in this matchup? How do you see this game playing out? It's interesting because I think in a lot of ways you could say that this is the worst possible matchup for the Chiefs. Like Dalvin Cook is amazing. And he's amazing because, unlike a lot of other running backs, he's great. Like, truly great. 
in both the run game and the passing game. There are a lot of running backs in the league that are great in one of the two, right? James White's amazing in the passing game, but he's not really much of a running back. You've got a guy like even Ezekiel Elliott in the past had been really great at the running side of things, but wasn't great at the passing game. He's gotten better, but there's very few. It's like Alvin Kamara, Saquon Barkley, and probably Dalvin Cook. That's probably the three best when it comes to all around being great in both pass and the running game. Well, the Chiefs are bad against the run, and we saw last week their linebackers can get exposed when they're one-on-one in coverage. And so that's a terrible matchup for the Chiefs. And then you add in the fact that for the first time really this year, you've got two receivers on the outside that can destroy you, right? We'll see if Thielen plays. I'm expecting that he's going to this week. He practiced most of the week, so I think Thielen's going to play. If they've got Thielen and they've got Diggs on the outside, those are two receivers that can beat you and that are sure-handed. You saw this with the Texans, Will Fuller and DeAndre Hopkins, but Will Fuller drops every third pass that he gets, right? Like, he should have had a huge game in that game against the Chiefs. He just drops 27 passes. So (laughs) I'm terrified of what that Vikings offense can do against the Chiefs. The one thing that gives me hope, guys, the Chiefs have found a little bit of an identity defensively. The Chiefs the last two weeks, and it didn't start this way last week against the Packers, which I was surprised by, but then they went to it. They've blitzed the hell out of quarterbacks. They've decided, Reggie Ragland, you're going to be an every-down linebacker for us. It's not going to work out well sometimes, but you can blitz. You can play the run. You're going to help us. Anthony Hitchens, you're going to blitz more often than you have in the past. Danny Wilson, one of the reasons why we liked you in the offseason, because you can play the run and you're really good at blitzing the passer. They've found this identity, and they're creating havoc for these quarterbacks. Last week, it didn't really much matter because Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers, right? Mm Mm-hmm. They destroyed Joe Flacco. They hit him 12 times, though. They hit hit him a lot, but in the end, Aaron Rodgers did Aaron Rodgers things, right? He's going to scramble. They made him work, though. They made him work. Absolutely. If they're able to do that, what they did last week and what they did against Joe Flacco, against Kirk Cousins, Mm. he's going to throw the ball up. And so those weapons that he has on the outside don't matter as much anymore. Now you've got Tyron Matthew making plays, all these different things. So, like, my, my, my point is this. The Chiefs have the ingredients defensively with this new identity to be able to make the Vikings uncomfortable. But that's going to take the offense getting a lead, and it's going to take the defense continuing to stick with that identity, despite the fact that Chris Jones is back this week. And that's what I fear is Chris Jones is back. They're going to trust the front four to be able to get pressure without doing those blitzes. And then they end up getting beat the same way that they got beat the last few weeks prior to these. And something we know also about Chris Jones, as great as he is, and I hope that the Chiefs now with – the fact they sat on their hands during free agency this year, or at least you know at the deadline, is that they're going to you know extend him after this season. That's my hope. Even with that considered, he is he has been known to be a freelancer. He he does leave his gaps a lot of times, and that is a concern. And to BK's point, I do I do worry that Spags is kind of going to be a little bit more conservative and not as aggressive. But I do hope you're right, also BK, that they did find an identity because when the Broncos game happened, I'm sitting here going, okay. Clearly, it was because it was the Broncos. They just suck ass. They're a terrible offense. Joe Flacco is fucking terrible. There are dead people that are better at quarterback than he is. Like, it's that bad. They're going to find out if Brandon Allen is better than he is this week. Couldn't be any worse, bro. Like, let's be real. But but, but look look at the Packers game. Yes, Aaron Rodgers, he's one of the greatest to ever do it, and he had to work his ass off to make it happen. He did it. But with that considered, yes, to your point, they – 
the defense showed me life, and that's what I'm all that's all I'm asking from this defense at this point, man, because I know they're never gonna be great. Just show me life, show me you're gonna hit the quarterback, make his night tough, and potentially make some mistakes. Kirk Cousins falls right into that category. The dude's been balling over the last couple weeks. He struggled against Washington last week. That team, they should have beat the the Redskins by 30, 40 points. That team's bad. At home, Minnesota primetime game, but that's the problem with Kirk Cousins is that when you expect him to be great, you expect him to add or build upon what he's been doing, he does that. He shits the bed. And with that offensive line struggling the way they do in Minnesota, I mean, I have I have family up in Minnesota. I've been talking to people nonstop about that. Even Seth Kaiser's up there, and I talked to him about that. And that, That's the worry. Is, is Kirk Cousins going to get the ball out quick? Because he does have the weapons. Stephen Giggs, uh, uh, Diggs is averaging 19 yards a awesome. catch. He's been that, great. Tyree Kill's never done that. I mean, that's crazy, man. So it's yes, Cole Hartman status. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, Seven Diggs almost good as Cole Hartman. Let's be. <laughs> I, I was reading. I was reading like some stat on Twitter saying that the Chiefs this season have faced a, a quarterback that uh, has like a two two point something second release on the on the on the throw, and they're going up against Kirk Cousins that has a three point like a three point six oh, second so release. The ball more. Yeah. Yes. So. With the way that they've been played, the defense has been playing, uh, pressuring that quarterback with two seconds. Imagine what they can do to Kirk Cousins, who holds to the ball a little bit longer. So I think I, I think that they're going to get that pressure in. I, I really hope that the defense can can get that can get that blitz going. Can, you know, just keep that momentum momentum going from the previous weeks. Mm-hmm. So I really, really, really hope the defense can 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 step up in a big big way. And yeah, let's let's say let's say the defense does that. Let's say. They they play sharp, sound. They're making Kirk Cousins' day a living hell. They're keeping the the, the Vikings down at a, at a minimal score. It's a close game. Do you trust that Matt Moore can give this offense just enough to? Because it's it's going to have to be a low scoring game. The Chiefs are wanting to win this game. Yes. They're not going to go out there and give up thirty one points to the Vikings and hope to win. Yeah, They're just not doing this that. game in the twenties. So so do you? Can you see that happening, BK? Because I don't think you. Pick, I think you picked the Vikings. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm going to probably do the exact same just because of all the injuries in the matchup and things of that nature. But let, let's entertain the thought. Sure. Do you think the Chiefs have that capability on their offensive side to make the key plays? Because it's going to come down to that. It isn't going to be long-standing drives. Can they make those key plays? They can. Okay. Yeah. Like it, last week, I went into the game and I was like, "There's no chance the Chiefs win this game. Like no, none. Like the the Packers are just better in every sense, right? You've got your backup quarterback out there. You're without Frank Clark. Like." There's just no way that you're going to be able to win this game. You don't have the pass rush. You don't have the, the the passing game. Your running game stinks. Your defense stinks against the run. Like There was nothing that I could look at, and I was like, that's how they're going to win this game against the Packers. This week, it's like, okay, well, we saw last week against the Packers. They can. I'm not expecting it, but sure, they can. It, Andy it Reed, possible, yeah. Andy Reid schemes it up. McCole Hardman has a big play. Tyreek Hill takes one to the house. You get a good game out of LaShawn McCoy. Like, Sure. Yeah, absolutely. You can see how it would happen. Now, like if you simulated this game a hundred times, right? Or you played this game a hundred times, I think it happens maybe 25 to 30. So it's unlikely to happen, right. but it can happen. They, they have enough great players. And this is kind of what I was getting at earlier um, about how great this passing offense is. Like Matt Moore is generic, create a player, backup quarterback, right? Like, he is every backup quarterback in the league. If that dude can look the way he did last week with the weapons that they have and the coaching staff that they have, it tells you everything you need to know about the weapons that they have and the coaching staff that they have. Like They have a great offensive coaching staff. They have some of the best weapons in the league. I would argue the best weapons in the league. And so they can get this done. 
Mm-hmm. I'm not expecting them to, in part because of the way that the Vikings defense has been playing this year and because of the opponent that they're about to have here in Kansas City, but they can. If you're asking me the question of if they can, they can, and it's because they have so many skilled players that can get things done. Do you think there's any chance? I'm going to flip it on its head now. Do you think there's any realistic chance Patrick Mahomes plays this week? No. Okay. I'm in the same boat because last week it, 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 I, I was just irritated by it because I thought there was no chance we we're going to see Patrick for at least three weeks. And then they start entertaining the thought. You guys, have, I entertained it last yeah. week. Like last week when they started saying, hey, you know, we'll see. I was like, I, the, the reason why I entertained it is because I didn't understand why they would do that to begin with. Exactly. And I still don't. I think it's stupid. It's really I, I stupid. I think now I've come to the conclusion of it must have been for Mahomes. Like, it, yeah. they must have been entertaining Mahomes more than anybody else. I don't think they were doing that for us. I don't think they were doing that for Green Bay. Green Bay was preparing for Matt Moore all week. Let's be honest. Yeah. Sorry. If we knew what was going to happen, Green Bay <laughs> freaking knew what was right. happening. Right. So, I think they were doing that for Mahomes. And I think they're doing the same thing this week for Mahomes. I think we see him next week. I, I think he comes back on the field next week. And yeah. if he doesn't return next week for whatever reason, mm-hmm. I think he's going to for what it's worth. Mm-hmm. He should not return until after the bye. I, I said, well, I said that to Eddie uh, when the, the, because our show is directly after the Thursday night game. I said, he's not coming back until the Titans game. Maybe it'd be a miracle if he plays in that game from the way that it looked, uh, but no real dig, no ligament damage. He can't play in Mexico City. That can't be his first game. Right, like he's got to knock the rust off in that exact, one. That's exactly what I told Lance. Yeah. I was like, "You do not want Mahomes back in Mexico City." No, that remember, first game, remember his I told first you, game, that, yeah. yeah, remember I told you that. Like, no, you, yeah, you did, you did say that. I was like, "You want him back after because that field, you don't know where that field the condition is going to be, and that's the problem." And I, I agree. I think is go ahead, go ahead. Eddie. With the field condition, I, I, I don't see any issues with it. Uh, I think if. Yeah, Tosh Shakira has a concert the night no, before. No, yeah, they're screwed. Oh, but, God. but that that uh, so last last year. What happened was uh, the the for some fucking reason the soccer team decided to go or the stadium decided to go I, to I can't a, believe it to a hybrid field and only gave it two weeks to set in. Oh, great, great idea! That was so the way to go. They did that for it the worked NFL. Out. It worked yeah, out they did that for the NFL, and obviously that shit backfired so bad they lost millions and oh, millions yeah. of dollars because of that. And the NFL pretty much told it was like, either you fix this shit or we're not, never coming back right. to Mexico. So what they did is like as soon as the season was over, they brought back the natural field. So now it, now it's fucking gorgeous. Like yeah. if you look at it the better field, be. if you look at the field, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I watch I watch uh, the Mexican soccer uh, sure. soccer league every weekend, and I know how the field looks, and it looks amazing. And Shakira's in Europe, so yeah, she's not having it. She's not having it. We're fine. Yeah, we're fine. If Shakira's out, her plane don't lie. You know what I mean? Yeah, but the the field. I don't think the field's gonna be an issue. I think he's more of the altitude. I know Denver's altitude is pretty pretty high, but I'm not worried about the altitude. It's more of it's more of uh, the the dirty air that they have to breathe, and then you're you're talking coming back from an injury. You haven't played in in three weeks. You have to get into rhythm, and you're coming back to an altitude that's fucking crazy, dirty air. It's just a bad situation for Patrick Mahomes to even even think about coming. The good back thing that. is he's playing against a shit team in that game, so we should be okay. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> but but yeah, to your point, point. Yeah, go ahead. The, the question I want to ask you guys mm-hmm. is, what what do you what what was uh, Minnesota's Vikings game plan this week? Knowing what you know about Patrick Mahomes, saying that he's pretty much almost good to go. What what is your what what is the mindset for Minnesota coming into this game? Do you prepare for Mahomes or do you prepare for Matt Moore? Like. How how do you how do you get around that? If I know that Patrick Mahomes isn't playing this weekend, and I'm pretty confident that he's not playing this weekend, 
the Vikings know that Patrick Mahomes isn't playing this weekend. And so I think the Vikings prepared all week. I, I bet you Monday and Tuesday – they had a contingency plan where they had certain coaches that are working on a game plan in the background of if it sounds like Mahomes is going to play, if we get word that Mahomes is going to play, we need to have this break glass in case of emergency game plan ready to go. Go prepare that. And I think every other coach on the staff was working on Matt Moore's playing this week. How do we prepare for him? So I I think that's what they're doing. I think this week they were preparing for Matt Moore is going to be their starting quarterback. How do we make sure that he can't be? And I, my, I echo those sentiments. I I think that, I think that the Vikings knew that, you know, at best, if let's say Patty does play, you're getting a 65% Patrick Mahomes. They would just blitz the shit out of him all game long and force him to try to create something with one leg. And I would still bet on Patrick Mahomes in that regard because he's that great. But the Vikings knew, like I said, if BK and, and all of us, like us just normal dudes, know about this stuff, <laughs> the guys that are paid millions of dollars to get the job done absolutely know that what they're going against every week. And so um, to the point is of the game plan for the Vikings, off. I mean, here's the thing. They're one of the few teams left in the NFL – that pride themselves on running the ball. And it's because of the fact that, like BK has been saying, Dalvin Cook is a, an elite running back. He's not good. He's great. Like, this guy is so underrated. And it's because he's had injuries early in his career, significant injuries, albeit. And that's the problem. And now he's finally getting a chance to shine. And they got a really good backup. That back, I forget his name, but he uh, number twenty five, Alexander Madison. Yeah, that kid play. is a baller. He's a rookie running back that no one really expected to play so well, but he's he's taken a lot of shine even from Dalvin Cook, who's been great this year. So they're going to run this ball. I would say no less than thirty five times. It's going to be they're going to run the ball all day long, and it's going to they're going to try to eat the clock up because even though there's not Patrick Mahomes on the other side, why would we give the Chiefs with those weapons any opportunity to do anything? Because that's one thing the Packers couldn't do. They could not stop the Chiefs from doing what they want to do early in the game. That's the thing. It was the Chiefs. For, the Chiefs were frustrating themselves because Matt Moore looked like a backup early, and then he caught him. Then he caught some stride and started to really put the ball in the place he needed to. He even threw Travis Kelsey in the right position on that air, that arm punt. I mean, that was an arm punt. I mean, it looked like Dustin Colquitt was out there, but it was in the right place because the safety was sitting in the middle, so he would easily pick that off if he had thrown in the middle. So my point is the Vikings are going to say, look, we're just going to just dominate this game. And I think that's what they're going to do. I don't think that this I, – I, I don't want to sound like this guy. I think this could be one of those few games where the Chiefs do lose by a significant amount just because of the fact that I think the Vikings are going to just absolutely wear the defense down. I just That's how I see it happening, BK. I think that's in the – like if you look at a game as there's a range of outcomes, right? There, there is a range – within that range of outcomes – there's more than I would probably like to admit that include the Vikings winning by like two touchdowns, right? There's also some where the Chiefs win, and there's also some most in the middle yeah. that are somewhere where I expect it to be, something like 30-23, 27-23. That's kind of the range that I'm looking at. That's what I'm expecting from this weekend between these two teams. I just have too much respect for the game plan that Andy Reid can put together, the weapons that they have on the outside, the improvement that we've seen from this defense, because – they're not good. This is not a good defense, but they're average. And that's all we asked them to be this year. The reason why we look at the defense and we're still like, that's not good enough is because the offense hasn't been what it was last year, right? So in the offseason, I talked about this a lot. The defense only has to get to a certain point if the offense is what it was last year. If the offense is the best in the league, one of the best ever, the 17th best defense in the league is more than enough. That's perfectly fine. Last year, they were 29th or 30th. 
And it was like, man, if they could just be a little bit better, you're going to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Now you have the seventh, be- 17th best defense in the league, and you're like, need them to be a little better. <laughs> it's because the offense is like fifth in the league. Right. So that, that change from being the best and one of the best ever to among the best is enough to – it's like a sliding scale where the defense has to come up even more – if the offense can get back to where it was, and that's not going to be this week, but moving forward, kind of looking in the big picture here, if the offense can get back to where it was a year ago, then the defense of where it is right now is plenty good enough. Yeah. It is good enough to be able to win a Super Bowl right now. And let's let's clarify something. I mean, where I stand with Patrick Mahomes, because I, I do believe that if he's healthy enough to play, he has to play. That's obvious. Um, you know, there's been there's been almost this misconception though, where fans are okay with you know resting him longer than they than the Chiefs need to. I'm not on that boat because of the fact that I think that we've gotten so comfortable with the I, – I guess I'll call it success with Andy Reid because the, every year except, was it, 2014, the Chiefs have made the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You know, and even that year they went 9-7. and seven, They missed it by a game. Um, they, it's almost like they, the, the, the playoffs are a given. Now, granted, the AFC West is terrible. It is absolutely abysmal. Watch this weekend, though. Yeah. I, you touched on this in your show today. I heard you guys talk about this. I'm not worried about the Raiders yet. I'm not, I'm not either. They're not a double-digit win team. I, I, I agree. If they win this weekend, I'm going to start taking them seriously, though, because they've got the they've got the Lions at home this weekend. It's two and a half point line right now as we're as we're recording this on Friday night. The Raiders are favored in that game. I think the Lions are an okay team. We just saw them a few weeks ago play really close against the Chiefs, and without that hundred yard return, Lions very well may have won that football game against Kansas City. So. Pay attention to that game on Sunday. I'm not ready to take the Raiders seriously yet, but if they win that game, I'm ready to take them seriously. Right. Not as a threat, but as somebody that, okay, we need to start watching this, especially because if you look at their schedule, the Raiders' schedule breaks in a way here pretty soon. They can rattle off some victories pretty quickly, right. and if Mahomes isn't able to come back for whatever reason next week against the Titans – now you're starting to get a little bit less of the margin for error, and that's when things become really interesting. And, and to that point, on the larger scale of things, outside of just the AFC West, in regards to the AFC, what I'm also I'm not liking from a lot of fans out there is that they're they're talking about, well, let's just try to get that third seed. Let's try to work for that two seed. Right now, there is nothing guaranteed in the AFC. Because for the first time, and I, I expect the Patriots to get the one seed. I'm Patriots expect, are getting the one seed. They're getting the one seed. Chiefs, can, Chiefs fans, let me talk to you for a Good, minute. Good, yeah. Concede the one. The one's over. Don't worry about the one. You're going to New England. Mm-hmm. That's going to happen. Yeah. You're going to to win the Super Bowl this year. To go to the Super Bowl, it's going through all roads go through New England, where the phones don't work. Yeah. And it's going to be cold as hell. And it's going to be snowing. And the calls are going to go against you. Like all of that stuff's going to happen. All get get ready for that because it's coming in January for you. Just concede that today. Be prepared for it. Understand it. Be ready for it. That's coming. The rest, I'm not willing to concede. That's, and that's where I'm coming at is that I see, I see a lot of fans just focused on let's just make the playoffs. No, 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 no. What you what you don't want to do is is to go into the the playoffs backpedaling. You don't want to come off five of six losses and things of that nature. What you want to be doing is winning as many games as possible. I know that sounds like well, no shit, Lance, but it's almost like people are are just assuming that the Chiefs are just going to be a five seed and or four seed and just start reeling off victories. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think a, a team under the three seed has made the Super Bowl since 2012. Yeah, so since 2012, no team has played that played on a wild card weekend. So that didn't have a bye right. 
made the Super Bowl. That's so why the, had to the have two seed over the last six years, basically. If the Chiefs the had a better run defense, again, I know I talked about this earlier, but if they had a better run defense, I wouldn't feel as scared about that. But I think it is absolutely the number one goal right now because I do believe the Chiefs are a playoff team, especially when Patty gets back. I do believe they're going to make the playoffs, but I don't want this. I don't want this mentality to be well. Let's just make it. Let's just get there. No, no, no. You got to go and get the best he possible, and then is wide the fuck open. The crazy and, thing, man, like. We've talked a lot about injuries with the Chiefs today and over the course of the season, right? Man, the injury bugs are starting to bite these other teams, too. Just announced today, T.Y. Hilton going to be out for the next month. A month, yeah. The Colts, I saw this stat earlier today, are 0-5 in T.Y. Hilton's career. He's their only good wide receiver. Can you guys name their number two receiver? No. It's Zach Pascal. (laughs) None of us have even rostered in fantasy. Like, Do you know how bad you have to be for me to have never rostered you in any fantasy league? I've never rostered. Not even a daily fantasy. For no reason. I might roster him this week because he's the number one target. But like, if Zach Pascal is your number one receiver for a month, the Colts are going to lose some games here. And the soon. Texans just lost J.J. Watt, who was, who was arguably defensive player of the year at this point. He was playing a great, he had a great season so far. For the season. Lost him. The Ravens schedule is about to get tougher. Yeah. The Pats this weekend. Like, things are starting, and the Chiefs are getting healthier. That's, That's the it. other thing. Like, things are starting to break in their direction, and if they can start rattling off some victories here pretty soon, the two seed is not out of the realm of possibility. It's tough, especially because you lost the tiebreaker to the Texans and the Colts, but it's not out of the realm of possibility yet. Yeah, that's how I feel. But, uh, I mean, we'll definitely see how this all plays out. But I I think the Chiefs are absolutely still uh, in play for the two seed. That's where they need to be focused on is getting that two seed. They need the bye week. Yeah, they're going to get healthier. But getting healthier and getting rest at the end of the season is very, very important right now. Because you're right. All roads lead to New England. The Chiefs are going to have to win a road game to get to the Super Bowl this year. That's just how it's going to have to be. And they're just going to have to accept that. And I think think when healthy, they're good enough to do it. And we'll obviously hopefully have you back on the show at that time so we can talk about that again. But in the meantime, we're going to get to the best segment of the week, our favorite segment of the week. Eddie, what's it called again? Hold this L. It's time. I want you to do me a favor and hold this L. Somebody's got to hold that L. <laughs> the him, the her. I'm talking like caps lock L L L L L L L L Cool J stuff. Hold that L. <laughs> Good God, man! Hold this gigantic, <gasps> veiny, pulsating oh L. Man, you are one pathetic loser. You ignorant bastard. <laughs> oh, that was great. Oh, hold so, this L. Hold This L, brought to you by KC Beard Company. Since 2014, KC Beard Co. has been handcrafting beard and skincare products with 100% organic ingredients in Kansas City. You can visit them now on kcbeardco.com, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at KC Beard Co. Also, for the entire month of November, KC Beard Co. has a 25% off for the first 100 orders of any online order. Uh, just use promo code NOSHAVESAVE and you'll be set and ready to go. Visit KCBeardCo.com tonight and get all get all that prepared. All right, let's get it let's get it going, guys. The L time. Hold this L, Eddie. You weren't here last week. We gave you an L for you know going and seeing a bunch of greasy dudes jumping in underwear. Hey, um, but hey, I saw Hulk Hogan live. <laughs> okay, fair that enough. Was a, that was a childhood dream of mine. Brother, I'll think. give you that, brother. Um, who's holding the L this week for you, brother? <laughs> all right. Uh, my L is going to Circuit of the Americas. Oh, uh, okay. Let, let's hear this one. This is uh, the, the track they host uh, Formula One every year. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the one of the best uh, racing events in the world, not just 
in the United States, but in the world. The biggest talking point about the circuit of the Americas today, uh, since uh, free practice one uh, began today for, for the race on Sunday, was the way the track was. Uh, it was too bumpy. Uh, since, uh, since it was open, I believe since 2014, it has sunk in about 1.5 meters, the whole track has. So it's creating so many bumps that today, uh, Lewis Hamilton, who is arguably the best, you can say the GOAT of Formula One racing, mm-hmm. if he wins this title this weekend in USA. He said, the bumps are insane out here. I don't know if the track is safe. When you have the best driver of Formula One saying that your track is not safe, that, that should that should tell you something, you know? That <laughs> yeah. that should pretty much tell you that, hey, LeBron going out there going to say, hey, guys, this hardwood sucks. Like he, So that, I'm not a racing guy. <laughs> I have questions. Yes. <laughs> it's like Mike Matheny, you know? We got <laughs> questions here. <laughs> you said it. Um, again, I'm not a racing guy. I want to be very clear about that. I can't imagine that there's anything worse that I could say about a track fan. It is bumpy. No, I track, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go very fast on a road. What is the one thing that I want to avoid? The bumpy bumps. Yes, every track has its bumps. I mean, it's just like a road. You yeah. know? So yeah. Every road has a bump. But, but it's easier to go it's, fast it's, when it has fewer bumps. Fewer, yeah. So when, Science. When you have to, to go year after year and kind of like sand off pavement off your fucking track to make less bumps <laughs> to where you already reached the very, very bottom to where you can no longer so take. repave. So you have to, yeah, <laughs> yes, that's exactly what God. they, and, and the FIA is already thinking about telling Circuit of the Americas that they, they probably won't come back if they don't repave this. Did you, it's track. time. It's, it's, time. it's did, time. Did you, Sometimes did, I got to get new tires. <laughs> you got to repave your, well, your my, track here. Eddie, my question though is, did Shakir do a show there or something? No. Like what happened? <laughs> no, so when you have the best driver in Formula One pretty much critiquing your track, there's obviously something wrong. Yeah, it ain't great, man. Yes. So obviously you're going to get the bumps, but if you if you go on, on – if you see the replays, you'll see how exaggerated these bumps are to where the cards are almost flying. God. So it's it, like AJ Green coming on your field and being like, yeah, this shit ain't good enough. Right. And then later on that game, having an ankle injury yeah. that causes him to miss the first 10 weeks of the NFL season. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, yeah. so, yes, my, my L is going to go to Circuit of the Americas. So – Second of the Americas. Hold this L. All right, BK, the floor is yours. Who is holding the first L for BK? So you guys probably have heard the name Kyrie Irving before. Heard him. I've heard of him, yeah. He's a pretty good basketball player. (laughs) Pretty decent. Won a title. He made a relatively important shot at one point. Gave, so Kyrie gave LeBron that ring. Just shit. We're not going to have that discussion. We finally have a logical thinker here. So Kyrie Irving this offseason decided he was going to change teams, which is perfectly fine, well within his rights. Kyrie Irving has had a difficult last couple of years. Kyrie Irving, in his right mind, allegedly, decided, (laughs) you know what I need to do? I need to get away from LeBron James and get my own team. Be the man. Perfectly fine. God bless you. I don't think that's a great idea. But, hey, you know, when you want to leave LeBron James, go ahead and leave LeBron James. Let's see how this works out. That's worked out for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. So he decides to leave. He's going to go to Boston. This is his hand-picked team. He's really excited about it. They're going to build this team around him. 
Well, they built it around him and it collapsed around him as a result, in part because of who he is. So he's like, you know what? I'm going to do it again. I'm leaving. I'm out of here. You guys are the problem, not me. So this offseason, he decided he's going to team up with Kevin Durant. He's going to go to the Brooklyn Nets. It's going to be great. They're going to be one of the best duos in the NBA. They're going to take the, uh, the Eastern Conference by storm. Well, of course, Kevin Durant can't play this year. And so everybody assumed, because of the person that Kyrie Irving is, that at some point we're going to get some stories about how Kyrie Irving's difficult to play with, right? I figured 60-game mark, 70-game mark, maybe 50-game mark, we're going to get some story about how Kyrie's a difficult personality and how the, the chemistry on the team just isn't what it was a year ago because the Nets were known last year as a team for any of your listeners that aren't NBA fans. They were known as a team that was like really fun to watch. They were a league pass team, which is basically the team that you want to watch on Sunday ticket because they're so fun. They're young. They're energetic. They made the playoffs. like they, This was a team that everybody wanted to be. They strived to be because of the chemistry between their players. And they were going to drop in. They were going to parachute in Kyrie Irving into the mix and see what had happened. We are now... 10 days into the NBA season? <laughs> it's already it's happened. Already happening, man. It's already happened. <laughs> There's already stories about how Kyrie Irving over the summer was like this malcontent who wouldn't go to any of their offseason stuff. He went to this thing in China where he wouldn't take his hat off and they take this picture with the team and they're like, why won't you take your hat off? He's like, I'm not doing it. It's a principled thing. And now, like, after a game, their coach came out and was like, you know, we've lost all of our identity. There's no ball movement. I don't understand what's happening to the offense. Well, I can tell you what's happened to the offense. <laughs> this is what it's like to live with Kyrie Irving. Yes. You signed up for it. Kyrie Irving's an unbelievable basketball player. And also, I will have no interest in playing basketball with Kyrie Irving. He sounds miserable to be around 90% of the time. So, Kyrie Irving, hold this L. My God, dude. I saw I saw an interview with him today, and he was sitting there talking about, you know, all humans have mood swings. Like, just hearing that from a guy that is supposed to be a leader of men on a team to sit there and justify the shit like you talked about with the China thing. I, I thought that was Onion. I thought that was Onion.com. I really did. I was like, there's no way that's a real article. I'm at, I'm literally at my lunch going, no way. Refuse to believe it. New York Times, Sports Illustrated, ESPN, FS1, all of them were reporting it. Like, you got to be – this guy is for real. And it, and it all started – and I'm not trying to do this because I'm a LeBron guy. It all started when he thought – Leaving LeBron was a good idea. I think, it's that, a fucking I think that was terrible idea. symptom as opposed to like the sickness, right? The yeah. symptom of who he is as a player yeah. was, I got to get away from this guy. He's just – All these finals appearances, <laughs> man. What the fuck is this? I need to go to a team that the wins 40 games. Is, like, he's so great. Like at his craft, it, yeah. it, it'd be like – I, like painting's the wrong example because you can do that as an individual, like, right? Like you, you got to have somebody like – it'd be like somebody being – the best salesperson in the world at what they do, but they just can't work with anybody. And so you can never work for a company. So what the fuck are you going to be selling? Right? Like at the end of the day, you got to sell something for somebody, something for somebody that can't work with anybody. No, like he, he just, he, he can't figure this out with teammates. And if he can't figure out as a point card, how to work alongside your teammates. Like it's, it's just not going to work for it's, it's a sad existence and, that's going on and with then, him. In all honesty, this is my opinion. I don't, when Kevin Kevin Durant comes back, I don't think he's going to be the same player he was. Well, no, because he'll be 32 years old coming off an Achilles injury. That changes lives and careers, man. That's At that, this point, the Nets just need to get through the season, though. Yeah. Like, I'm with you. I agree. Yeah. He'll be better with Katie. not going to yeah. be the same player. 
But at least at that point, KD's the guy. Yeah, right? like yeah. Kyrie can go into the number but, two role. But even where... KD has his emotional ups and downs, man. That's yeah, yeah. he seems far more emotionally stable than Kyrie. <laughs> Who doesn't at this point? You need to know. You know KD I mean? has like twenty different burner accounts on Twitter. <laughs> That's a win compared to Kyrie. Right the Cash Me Outside girl is, has more emotional <laughs> stability than Kyrie. Irving. Let's be real. How about that? Um, BK, when's your birthday? November 9th. I got about a week. Okay, a week from today. How, how old are you tomorrow? gonna be? 27. Nice. Young motherfucker. All right, I like it. Uh, Eddie, what's your birthday? My birthday? Yeah. No, Eddie, the guy behind you. When's your birthday, Eddie? (laughs) Uh, I'm waiting for him to answer. (laughs) Uh, My birthday's August 5th. Okay, mine's March 25th. And I'm not a big birthday guy. I don't really care. Like, I've never been like, you know, oh, I hope everybody gets me a bunch of cool stuff. I've never been that guy, even when I was younger. One thing I would never want, though, is to lose my job on my birthday. Oof. 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 That would really Andy, suck. My guy. Yeah. My guy. Yeah. Yeah. Th- that would that would really suck to know that on my birthday I lost my job. Especially, especially when I've had that job. Trade deadline day. Yeah. <laughs> especially when I've had that job since what 2011, I want to say, 2012. Andy Dalton for the, the Cincinnati Bengals got the word this last week. Or I don't think it's been a week yet, that he no. lost his job, his starting job, and I think it's what's his name, Finley? Uh, the, yeah, Ryan Finley. Ryan Finley. He's he's yeah. Oh, it's going to be awful. I mean, the Bengals haven't won a game this year. They're horrible. They're fighting with the Dolphins. I think they play the Dolphins Week 17, if I'm not mistaken. Great. It's going to be an all-time great game. <laughs> well, it's going to be 0-15, and they're going to be going for that game. They're going for the number one. That's the, that's the battle for two right the there. The Bengals but, have like, a thousand more rushing yards than the Bengals. <laughs> a thousand more rushing yards. We've played Eight games. Do you know how hard that is? Almost like to rush for a thousand yards in eight games would be really impressive as an opponent against any team. They have allowed one thousand yards more than they have gained on on the the ground. ground. Their running back is Joe Mixon. This guy's a stud. So I feel I just feel so bad for Andy because not that he's had a great season by any chance, and and like you said about thirty minutes ago, uh, BK, that he is what his talent is around him. Like, that's so obvious. Andy Dalton is, at best, an average quarterback in this NFL. Uh, he's had he's had some really good seasons. I, I was like, it was 2013, he was in, or 2014, he was an MVP candidate, like 3,200 or 32 touchdowns, like almost four, I think it was over 4,000 yards. Yeah. He's had seasons. Hey, <laughs> to lose your job, though, on a day where people are supposed to be, like, giving you, like, half-assed compliments or, you know, I'm so lucky to have you in my life or we appreciate you. I mean, shit, the Bengals, if things were going right and he wasn't getting benched, I guarantee you they'd have made a big post on Twitter talking about this, the Red Rifles, happy 32nd birthday, whatever his birthday is. Like, there'd have been all this praise, but because the Bengals suck complete ass, he loses his job on that day. Of all days. I mean, you want to talk about just a lack of awareness from the Bengals? Like, even though they've been bad and even though Andy hasn't been great, to, to literally fire him essentially on that day, you couldn't have waited a day later. You couldn't have done it the day before. You decided to do it that day. You can't tell me they didn't know that, BK. Or better yet, make the decision in advance <laughs> that you're going to replace Andy Dalton. Tell Andy Dalton, hey, man, listen. We're probably, for the second half of the season, not going to stick with you. We yeah. stink. We're terrible. We're no good. We're very bad. We're going to get the number one pick. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. So what we're going to do is we're going to look around. We're going to see if there's a good place for you to land. Is there a place that you would like to go? Who would you like us to call in advance? We'll see if we can make it work. Hey, you know, the, the Bears, for instance, their quarterback is terrible right now. Would you be interested in trying to make something work in Chicago? You don't have to go far. Still in the Midwest. 
would that be something that you and your family would be interested in? Or would you rather stay here and be the backup in Cincinnati in the second half? Like, you can make the choice, Mm -hmm. but would you be interested in doing that? He made it very clear earlier this week, I believe it was Tuesday was the trade deadline day, he wanted to be traded. (laughs) But they gave him, like, three hours advance notice ahead of the trade deadline that he was going to be benched, and so they weren't able to find a deal because he had three hours to figure out a deal. Like, imagine what the Bears would have done to be able to bring in Andy Dalton and be like, yeah, we're going to plop him into our offense. He's going to be a competent NFL quarterback, and we're going to try to win 10 games. Because he's year. clearly better than Mitch Trubisky. He's, competent. Yeah. Oh, he's yes. clearly better. He's yeah. the best quarterback in the league. Yes. Mitch Trubisky is like the 37th best quarterback. <laughs> no, and you're not kidding. Like, he's worse than backups this year. Like, Matt Moore has actually, in the one game he's been, that would have been like Mitch Trubisky's best game of the season. Huh? Like, straight up. So that's how bad he's been. But in all totality, I like Andy Dalton. I think he's a, a classy guy. He's had, like I said, he's had a decent career. But my dude, you're going to have to go ahead and hold oh, this L no. because you lost. You don't get fired on Fridays and you don't get fired on your birthday, buddy. Oof. So you just got to hold this out. I'm going to give an additional one for my brother Trevor real quick before we get out of here. Um, and it hits home. <laughs> uh, the, the Royals made a pretty predictable decision today, and I don't. I don't I'm heading out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> plead the fifth. Uh, plead the fifth. Really yeah, plead the fifth. Uh, yeah. This is all on me. This I is all on me. This is, it got hot here all of a sudden. Um, the former St. Louis Cardinals uh, skipper Mike Matheny uh, got the job. Him. Yeah, never heard of him. He's he's a complete stranger <clears throat> to BK. And he got the job today. We all, or not today, but yesterday, we all knew it was going to happen, but we were all kind of hoping it wouldn't. I talked to some of the most loyal Royal fans I've ever known, and they are all absolutely pissed off about this move. I have not met a single person. myself from the comments that are currently taking <laughs> No Hoblo? Place. No Hoblo, okay. No, literally not a single person in Kansas City that I've talked to has approved of this. And in fact, it's been not even just that they don't like they don't approve of it. They think it's just absolutely horrible. The the Royals have been making all these changes, been a lot of influx. Um, you know, Ned's gone, uh, new ownership, a lot of new players are gonna be on this team next year. There's there's reasons for excitement. I think there is. I think you know the new ballpark will be here in the next decade or so. Like there's a lot to be looking forward to as a Royals fan for the next several years, even though the team's been awful for the last couple, you know how this goes. The, the team's gonna be bad for a couple years and they're gonna rebuild. But my God, like I don't think I don't know if they could have made a worse pick. And again, this is my opinion. I'm coming from my own perspective. This was an awful hire. I know he's coming out on the on the media side of things, going, you know, I hired a media consultant, and you know, I'm doing things better, and I'm going to try to address the fans. But that is all, in my opinion, utter and complete horseshit. It's horseshit. myself from these and, and, and I don't, I don't think Mike Matheny is a good person. <laughs> I think he's an even worse coach. And I do not see how any way, shape, or form this is going to pan out positively for the Royals. I hope I hope it works out. I, it's not going to. It's going to be awful, and fans are going to turn on this guy really fucking quick in Kansas City. I don't know, but it's too much. If it's a dollar, it's too much. That's how bad this guy is. So Mike Matheny and the Royals, for my brother Trevor, who's currently inept, hold this L, because that is a fucking horrible signing. I cannot believe Dayton Moore did it, but... We'll see what happens. But in that, now that I got to address the fun part of the show, I want to thank our guy BK uh, for coming out here tonight. Man, seriously, Cheers, it means absolutely. a ton, dude, for you to be out here. I, I, I told the guys before this, and I, I've i sung your praises many times, man. I think that you are one of the more talented guys in Kansas City when it comes to I'm sports in. talk. 
Really appreciate all the hard work and diligence you do for uh, for six ten. You've absolutely upped the content and the quality of content there, man. And uh, got nothing but respect for you. And whenever you want to be back here, man, the door is open. Hey, man, if there's a six-pack Boulevard, I'm in. <laughs> They're here every Friday, so you feel free, man. And we're right down the road. So, like I said, dude, thank you again. It means from the bottom of my heart. It means a lot, dude. You take the time to come and hang out with us dipshits. It's what we do here, and we're always going to be here every Friday night. So, like I said, if you want to avoid St. Louis for a weekend, <laughs> you got us to hang out with, dude. So, again, thank you so much for being here. Absolutely. Tonight, and for what it's worth. I'm Mike Matheny. He may not have been great in St. Louis. Tactically, he might have his issues. In terms of the clubhouse, he might have had his issues. He could fix those things, though. Now I'm stepping away. (laughs) He might be able to fix the issues that took place in St. Louis. And if he does, he could be successful here. So thanks for having me. Did that hurt to say? Like, how much pain are you in right now? Do you get like it's like it's like a pulling cramp right now? Listen, he might have been previously in his past stops. Some may say he struggled with bullpen management. Some may say the clubhouse wasn't a great place to be. Some may say. Some may say uh, it is um, known. He, he wasn't very good at his job. Though. God damn. But, 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 I'm going to be very yeah, clear. Yeah, yeah, cleared up. In the last year, it's, he appears, and I'm being 100% serious okay, here. Yeah. I really did like his answer when asked, what have you learned in the last calendar year? Because he didn't just say, you know, I've gone back and I've looked at some of the things that were an issue for me and I've corrected them. Because that's an easy thing to say and something that I would have expected him to say, right? He went back and he said, listen, here were the three things that were a problem for me and here's how I corrected them. He went back and said, like, specifically, I wasn't good with the media, and so I did take media training. That's true. He wasn't good with the media in St. Louis. And so if that is going to be better here, it can be something that helps him. Um, It is true that in terms of, like, tactically with the analytics, he didn't use those in St. Louis. And so if he really did complete a course on analytics, which is what he said, that could actually legitimately, tangibly help him here in Kansas City. Um, And it was true that relationships were a bit of an issue for him at times within the clubhouse. And so he mentioned multiple times in his presser this week that he has specifically worked on that as well. If that is the case, indeed, that will help him here in Kansas City. So as much as like I've been very critical of the hire, that's that's no surprise to any of your listeners if they listen to me on 610. Like I've been critical of the hire and I I, I thought that they could have gone a different route. But I, I joke and say like if he's corrected all these things, then it can be better. It is true. Like, if he actually has acknowledged that those were flaws, like, we're all flawed, right? We've all mm-hmm. got things that we could all work on as people. And when you get fired from a job, for instance, and they tell you these are the four things that you got fired for, you should probably acknowledge that those are flaws and move forward and try to fix them. And if he actually did that, I don't know if he did or not. We'll see. The yeah. proof, will be, proof will be in the pudding whenever they got better players. Yeah. So we're probably not going to know the answer to this for another two or three years. But whenever that is the case... I hope that he is better. I hope that he really has learned. And if he can move forward and he's he's great, like 
I will have a lot of egg on my face because I was the one that was critical of the hire. Well, was if he can just get rid of that green affliction T-shirt, I'll be okay well, with that. You know, so at least that's. So in that, guys, um, yeah, like I said, th- thanks a lot for being here, BK. Where can they get you at Twitter, man? Yeah, so I'm at BK Sports Talk on Twitter. Um, listen to our show weekdays two to six on Six Ten Sports Radio. I'm the producer of the Drive True Sun Podcast. True Sun Podcast. I've got a lot of stuff. So True Sun Podcast is where you can hear me. That's um, if you're a Mizzou fan, that's the place to go. Um, we do it every week, every Wednesday, typically when we uh, push that out. The Radio.com app and iTunes is where you find it. On Saturday mornings, you can hear me. I am on the leadoff 10 a.m. to noon most Saturdays, depending on what time the K-State game is. And finally, again, Mizzou fans, read my work on Rocket Nation as well. I write over there. I typically write three times a week or so. So plenty of places to find me. The place where you can find it all is on Twitter. I'm at BK Sports. Heck yeah, man. Yeah, this guy's busy all the time. That's why I respect the hell. Eddie, you had something to add? Yes. Uh, there's two fights tomorrow. So I uh, just wanted to inform the audience. Yeah. Uh, to not miss out, you got Canelo against Kovalev or yep. Kovalev, whatever his name is, mm-hmm. and then you have Nate Diaz against uh, Masvidal. Yeah, that's so gonna be a fight. It's man. gonna be two good fights. Seven straight time, Nate Diaz has been an underdog. That's crazy. That's just crazy. I mean, I know the dude goes there to brawl, but to be an underdog seven straight times when you've had a career like his, that's pretty impressive. But. So. Anyway, yeah, I thank you for telling us that, Eddie. Uh, definitely, like I said, follow BK on a, on a, a Twitter, BK Sports Talk. Absolutely. And, guys, like I said, this dude works his ass off uh, on podcasts and on the show, 2 to 6, with the drive dot and Sean Levine. So, definitely, guys, give him a follow. It's well worth it. I, pr- I promise you that. If not, uh, come back to me, and I'll hold an L. So. <laughs> but in that, guys, for uh, Eddie Ortiz, for uh, Brand BK Kylie, I am Lance Twiddle here inside the KC Beard Co. Studios. For episode 36, The Spoken is Out. See ya. We're going to get out of this bitch. Thank you so much for listening, guys. See ya. You are tuned in to the spoke. I might actually stick I might actually stick around for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs>